What up, what up, what up? It's Real Coach AB for the Coach AB Show with Big Smitty. Prize Picks is here to announce. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. You can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into 1000 with pro basketball, pro hockey, and college basketball entries today on prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app. Please make sure you follow along on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty and download the app today and use code COACHJB for a first deposit match up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Peace. What up, what up, what up, man? The real Coach JB. My main man, Big Smitty. Ah! Are y'all ready for this? In any metric, coach, you cannot have Russell Wilson. Nick gave me my first offer. Like, it, it, you gotta have that story. You gotta be marketing. Hockey, football, baseball, then basketball. Oh, I love this fucking show so much. Are you mixing light and dark? At 11 a.m. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm elated that I can be able to coach, that I can be able to mentor these kids, uh, and give them everything that I've learned over the last 20 years. Get Smitty and Jason Brown killed the ass around. We want the games to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed the ass around. We want the games to miss and we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach JB.
What up, what up, what up? The Co Real Coach JB here, man, for the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. We are proud to announce we have a new ad sponsor, and that is Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports DFS platform in North America. We are one of the easiest and most exciting ways to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more. Then or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Price Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work, you ask? You pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their Price Picks projection, you will win. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. This includes college football. We're about to start up. Pro hockey, pro basketball, pro football. NFL season is here. Plus pro baseball, pro golf, men's college basketball, NCAA tournament, plus women's college basketball, soccer, women's pro basketball, esports, pro car racing, tennis, MMA, boxing, disc golf. You name it, we got it. Short, fat, skinny, and tall. Prize Picks does it all. And I just got to be honest, dog. I started doing prize picks, and I won instantly. And that's why I am endorsing prize picks to the fullest right here on the Coach JB Show with Big Smitty. Go to prizepicks.com backslash Coach JB and use Coach JB as the promo code for a first deposit match up to $100. So go to prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and use code Coach JB for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is the best betting app online in North America. Go get it and do what Coach JB and Big Smitty does every day. We bet prize picks. Head on over there, prizepicks.com slash Coach JB and get you $100 match right now. Appreciate you. Peace. They're too soft for me. What up, what up, what up? We're live in the building. The Coach JB Show with my main man, Big Smitty. Let's get this party started on this E-Dub, Eric Weddle Monday. Yeah. How y'all doing, man? Eric Weddle Mondays. We back, JB. And we had a crazy weekend. A lot of great football, in my opinion. We're going to hear what your, what your opinion is coming up. But a lot of storylines, a shit ton of topics. And I can't wait to dive into everything, JB. How you feeling? Man, I'm good. Chilling, 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 man. Long weekend. I'm been around, running around. I'm sore. I'm stiff as hell, man. You sore? Fuck. Yeah, I'm sore as hell. My back is fucked up. I can't even move. I had to go get some caulking and shit, lows. I can't even walk around lows. I'm so stiff. Like, I'm damn. like, damn. You need some yoga or some chiropractor yeah, or man. massage or something. We ain't doing all that. We ain't doing all that. <laughs> well, that's why you walk around in pain and stiff because you, you know what I mean. You you, you want to be hard, JB. Go we over there. Yoga shit. We ain't doing all that yoga shit. Come on, y yoga. You a hold on. You a coach. Yoga good for you. Yoga is good for the players. I used to have my players do yoga. Exactly. So you know what I'm talking about. Then. I mean, I did it. <laughs> oh my god. Come on, man. Uh, that's, that's do what I'm saying, not as I do. Shit, I shit. I, I don't mean I did it. You ain't trying to get better. You don't want. You don't want to feel good. 
Uh, yoga ain't that it. That, that's too feminine for me. <laughs> I hear you, man. Uh, Whatever, man. <laughs> I, like going up, really. I don't know, man. I don't even know. I, there's so much to take away that I don't even know where to get started. It's E-Dub Monday. Uh, hopefully, Matt joins us in the second hour. We'll talk CU, Coach Prime, Colorado State. Yeah. I think was the best game of uh, the year, uh, NFL or college. Um um, we're going to dive into that. I'm going to tell you why it was the best game of the year, too. Um, let me get you started with the quote of the day brought to you by betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and get you 50% off plus welcome bonus. Uh, quote of the day. Opportunities don't happen, Big Smitty. You create them. Mm. They don't just happen. They don't pop up. It's not the lotto. You ain't going to pick some numbers and win. <laughs> Opportunities don't happen. You create them. Uh, that's just real talk. Uh, contrary yes, to belief brought to you by prize picks. Contrary to belief brought to you by prize picks. Head on over to prize picks and get you some. Uh, I'll be I'll be winning prize picks, Big Smitty. I can't wait. Some of you guys need to get on this prize pick, especially you California natives. Prize picks is the only app we can really prop bet on so go check it out prize picks uh the secret of success is to do the common thing uncommonly well contrary i like that one a lot right there do the common thing uncommonly well i like that a lot right there like That's NFL quarterbacks don't do <laughs> success contrary to belief success <laughs> is walking from failure to failure with no loss of enthusiasm. Mm. That's me, Vic Smitty. I'm as optimistic as it gets. I'm as optimistic as it gets. I'm just Remember, JB, you don't fail, though. You learn. learn. There you go. Come on now. But if you <laughs> I know lose, what you mean. You're sometimes a loser. <laughs> uh, and the last time I checked, Vic Smitty, the winner... Takes the prom queen home. <laughs> the loser jacks off. <laughs> and there you go, man. Contrary to belief. There Contrary you go. to home. belief. Quote of the day, Big Smitty. We got to get this thing going. Uh, I mean, not so sorry. Poll question. Poll question. Um, are the Dallas Cowboys the best team in the NFL right now? Entering week three. Poll question. Drop your comments in the chat. Other than Eddie Manyweather. Are the Dallas Cowboys the best team in the NFL right now? After two weeks, two weeks of atrocious NFL football, two weeks of bad football. Stop it. it are they the best team? Um, what? Hey, JB, that's you the answer. This first. Let's that's the perfect segue to our first. That's our first topic, man. Uh, JB's topic of the day. And I ain't gonna lie, man. It's only two weeks. Obviously, we made our Super Bowl picks, and I'm not backing away from that at all. So we're only speaking through week two and information we have right now. And based upon that, I don't see how anyone could pick any other team and say that they're playing better than the Dallas Cowboys are right now. That defense is flat out the best defense in the league by far. Micah Parsons is on pace to be become the defensive player of the year. You can tell, like, the way he's playing out there, that motor he's playing with, this guy's on a whole nother level. He was giving Zach Wilson hell last night. He got three sacks, if I'm not mistaken. A damn forced fumble, a fumble recovery. Like, this guy was just balling, man, and, 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 did, and, and did the same thing in week one. 
and he is literally leading this team potentially to the promised land. Obviously, it's week two. We'll see. But in my opinion, if the Cowboys were to get over the hump, it won't be because of Dak Prescott. It will be because of Micah Parsons and the way that he's leading that defense and the way that he's playing. They're playing so good on that side of the ball, JB, that Dak just don't have to do that much. Just, just don't mess up. Like, it's taking me back to that old school football, that Ravens 2000 type of uh, a team where the quarterback didn't really matter that much. As long as you're out there not throwing picks and turn over the ball at a high level, it don't even matter. And, and speaking of that, I got to show him some love too. We talked all year long, all offseason long, about how great that Jets defense was going to be and how great they looked week one against a, a, a pretty explosive Bills offense. They shut them down. Shut them down. But yesterday, Dak came out from the beginning of the game and all throughout and was slicing and dicing, oh man. He ran that offense like a true leader. C.D. Lamb looks like wide receiver one, finally. Uh, now, granted, they did a hell of a job scheming of keeping them off the same side as Sauce Gardner, but, hey, that's that's smart coaching, in my opinion. No, no reason to put you on the hardest corner uh, when I don't have to. And they executed offensively at a high level. They dominated on defense. And through two weeks, JB, I got to say, the Cowboys are the best team in the NFL today. Today. Eddie Miniweather, I know you in here somewhere. Calm down. I know you over here got your pom-poms out. Today. That's all I'm saying, JB. Go. Um, It's hard to say, man. They haven't played anybody yet. Um, The Jets, I thought. Obviously, I picked the Super Bowl winner with Aaron Rodgers. That team is a figment of his imagination with uh, the Mormon Milf Hunter at quarterback. Um, here's my takeaway before I answer your question. Let, yesterday's Cowboy game, it was 10 to 7 in the third quarter. Like people act like that game was over and a blowout. It wasn't. That game was 10 7, very manageable game. Plus, Sauce Gardner dropped a pick six, or the Jets are actually tied or winning the game. So I want to make clear here where we are. So having said that, Nathaniel Hackett is absolutely atrocious. Sean Payton was 1,000% correct by calling him out. Look at what's happened between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, even though they choked it off yesterday, how much better at least he looks and the offense looks in Denver. And then look how bad and stale and stagnant that Jets offense looked yesterday. Brees Hall, four carries, no cook. Uh, you really had no offensive plays. You had a guy, the Mormon Milf Hunter, threw the ball. I think he was, what, 13 of 27? I, I don't know, 170 yards. Um he was absolutely destroyed because you did not run the football to keep Micah Parsons from pinning his ears back. You gotta twenty-seven. Run. Yep. You gotta run the football, Big Smitty, and against a front like that, you can't just leave this rookie, basically a rookie, back here dropping back and just expecting to do well. He threw that one ball on time to uh, Garrett. Garrett. Other than that, I mean, it was a straight up bloodbath, and that is not a true can't judge that game and and you can't judge it through game two though it's either them uh or the Niners in my opinion who are probably the two best teams in football right now if I had to say it but I'm not I'm not the Rams gave the Niners all they wanted without yeah. Cooper Cup 
without Cooper Cup, like I'm I'm tripping on the Rams team. Like Stafford's playing really well. He threw a late pick. Stafford's playing really, really well. Um the, the Rams are better than we thought, I think. Um Seattle bounced back like I said they would. Um overtime. Yeah. It, it's just right now, dog, it's hard to pick a team that's the best in football. Uh but if you had to put me a gun in my head, I would probably maybe say Dallas or the 49ers is a toss-up. It's a Got toss-up. But again, That's the Cowboys have not faced a quarterback worth a shit that can even threaten their defense yet. So until that happens, um, I'm, I'm just going to say this is what football is right now. It's kind of a, it's kind of a <laughs> mid, as y'all say, right now. Who did the so Cowboys far. play week one? I thought they played a, like, a top-10 quarterback. Right? Then they play against um yeah they play against the Giants and Daniel Jones right then they play week like what are we come on man by the way Danny Dimes looked like Danny Nichols game one versus that same defense um by the I way don't you don't realize the Giants went straight down the field on the Dallas Cowboys all the way down and then stalled and then kicked the field goal blocked to the house that was the game. I'm not I'm not expecting that to be the same game when they play again. So if you think by the way, 20 of the 40 points was on defense and special teams that game. We're acting like Dak just carved them up. No, he didn't. Dak didn't look that great either, by the way, in that first week. So I think people gotta really start looking at the actual game, not the score, because a lot of the time scores will lead you to the wrong direction. Um now that's true. But and let me jump back in right here, Jimmy. And that's why I started by saying if they do go to the promised land, they do finally get over the hump, it won't be because of that. It'll be because of Micah Parsons and that defense. The defense is playing at such a level right now through two weeks that I think you could be a quarterback right now, JB, like your current version of yourself right now. And it would be hard to lose these first two games. I don't believe that's going to happen, though. I don't believe that either A, they'll stay all healthy on defense. Or B, I don't believe – I believe that they'll cowboy it up. Something will happen in cowboy land that they'll screw it up. I'm not I mean, sold on any of these teams yet right now. I'm going to be I mean, honest. Listen, I feel you. It's like a pillow fight. I'm going to be honest. It's, it's watching a pillow fight um, out here every single Sunday. And Saturdays are even worse. But Sunday is like watching a pillow fight. And uh, we'll break down each game, Smitty, this today. We got a lot of talk today. It'll be you and I for the most part. We got Eric Weddle later on. We get Matt coming on. But for the most part, Big Smitty, we can break down week two NFL. But I just want to dive into this. I want to give you this Colorado take real quick. Oh, okay. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> before, before we get uh, Matt on or something like that, I got to give you this Colorado take. Here's the reason why it was the best football game of the weekend or of the year so far. The best football game of the year so far is because there was controversy. There was shit talking. There was animosity. There was was a lot of shit going on. There was a lot of shit going on that stirred up this game. And it turned it into an event. See, football games are an event, not a game. Basketball is a game. Baseballs are games. They play every other day. They play back-to-backs. Football is an event. Every Saturday, football is held once a week, and it's an event. Everybody comes out, tailgates. It's an event. They do fireworks. It's an event. 
Everything happens at football games as an event. So the Colorado-Colorado State game, the ticket sales were event-priced, just like a concert, right, or an event, sold out. People stayed up till 2, 3 in the morning on the East Coast to watch the game. They did. And you never ever would have heard of a cat staying up for a Colorado-Colorado State game on the East Coast, right? Mm-hmm. So – all the stuff that Dion brought in there and they did the, the college game day, the rock and McAfee and all these different things, little Wayne and all the, 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 the shit that, that, that has gone on master P on the sideline and, and Kawhi Leonard and you <laughs> Cameron. it's an event, right? That's not a normal game. That's an event. Um, I said it was the best football game of the weekend or of the year because of, that being allowed, the shit talking, the animosity, the actual game itself had real contact, hard hitting, real animosity in the game. Like there was real back and forth. That wasn't no regular jersey swap. I don't believe there was a jersey swap after that game. I don't believe there was a jersey swap before the game. I don't believe cats were talking before the game. There's two reasons why this is. A, there's no real Colorado folks on the Colorado team. Most cats are out of state, similar to what a JUCO is. You don't really have a lot of hometown talent. You have a bunch of talent from outside coming in as a rental agreement. That's basically what this is now in college football. It's a rental agreement. So you got a bunch of mercenaries come over for a year. They'll play. And then they'll leave, and you bring a bunch of new ones in. That's like kind of like an NFL free agency without a return. So having said that, Colorado State, I think, had 20 Colorado players from the state. And other than that, they had a similar deal, transfer portal kids, other schools. Um, so you have a game that's really not a rivalry that's in-state. It's a rivalry between uniforms and coaches. It wasn't the players from the state of Colorado. It was more for the coaches, all the hoopla, and the two jerseys that have been battling for 100 years. Now, let's switch over, switch gears, though, and take it away from Prime that everybody's swinging from and everybody's hyped on. Let's take it away from him for a minute. Let's go to the other side, Colorado State. Everybody talks about primes buy-in at Colorado, Big Smitty. Everybody talks about the buy-in that Colorado has with Dion. I've said it. You've said it. Matt said it. The buy-in's there. We have a buy-in. Everybody's willing to buy-in, go from point A to point B underneath primes tutelage, right? Blah, blah, blah. When am I going to hear somebody talk about the buy-in for Jay Norvell? Because uh, if they weren't bought in, after the sunglasses comment, after the disrespect that some people thought it was, where are we going to say that buy-in for him at? Because that team fucking sure looked bought into me last night, homie. They sure looked bought into Jay Norville and that staff, whatever he was preaching. And I know Jay, I've known Jay 30 years, by the way. By the way, Jay Norville is a Super Bowl winning coach. Like, this guy's coaching the NFL a long time. He's coached Division One a long time. People forget 
This guy's been around a long time and very, very well respected in the business. Um, there's a lot to unfold into this, Big Smitty, but I want to make sure we touch on this because we are the realest show on planet Earth. Let's call it both ways. That team sure fucking looked bought into me at Colorado State, and they were surely not there to lay down and let Dion run up in them. <laughs> They sure were there to win that football game. And in all accounts, probably should have won the football game uh, other than a few dumb mistakes late. The freshman quarterback for Colorado State's a San Diego Cali kid. He's an NFL kid. I'll tell you right now. He's an NFL fucking kid. I'm going to tell you right now, he's an NFL kid. I thought Sanders struggled in the beginning. I thought he made great plays towards the end. I loved his pocket presence. Sean Salisbury and I broke it down. He stepped up. He used the pocket. Um... Because he's not, he's not his daddy athletically. He right. is not his daddy. Like he is not a freak of nature by any means. Right. He's more and more looking to me like as he is a quarterback. He's probably more of a pocket quarterback that can use his feet a little bit to extend plays. But he's not a he's not a freak back there. Like he's right. not a, by any means. Oh, no, so, I never I never thought about that anyway. I think I, I, I never even. So, the stereotype, Smitty, is unfortunate. In, well, because he's black. Let's be real. He's black. Yeah, but just because you're black don't mean you, you, you're going to run. Though, they, they, <laughs> they spin this shit. And they take this shit for like, oh, he a brother. He's Deion's son. He a ball. Like, no, he's not even that athlete. He's actually more of a quarterback. Since If you've watched him since his charter school days in Dallas, he's yeah. actually a guy that's always been in the pocket. And yeah. people use the stereotype. He's not a, not a freak of nature by any means. He's a good athlete. He's not yeah. a He's not his daddy. So I was impressed by him standing in that pocket, throwing those balls, especially late in the game. The 98-yard drive was impressive. Very and then two, the two-point drive. Two-point two conversion, yeah. For the overtime, the overtime throw. Like, a lot of things impressed me. The freshman on the other side, I mean, he's got NFL arm talent, accuracy, and nuts, let me tell yeah. you. He got his ass lit up, chin shot after chin shot, and threw the ball on time. I got a lot of respect for that kid. He was recruited big time, by the way. A buddy of mine coached him in San Diego, down by where Eric Weddle coaches at right now. So the kid's big time. Um, Norville got a big get with that guy because he could have went to a lot of other schools, a lot of big time schools offered him, and he went to Colorado State for Norville. Norville had a lot of buy-in. I would argue the same buy-in that, that Dion has. He just didn't have the skill players uh, on across the board. But Horton was by far the best receiver on the football field. Um, Here's why I told Matt the other day when with you, Smitty. I want to just go back to Friday when I said, Matt, if you were on my staff at, let's say, school A, and I went out there and said some shit to get my players pumped up, are you going to take off the goggles and the blinders and say, yeah, we're not going to just lay down and, and, and allow us to get beat? Because you're there obligated for your players you recruited. Right. Not about what school you played at or alum or Homer fan or none of that shit. So I've been there. I've been there and done it, dog. I've, I've coached against my old school that I was a coach at. Or I've coached at places I played at, like against it place. I, you got to get yeah. your players that you are obligated to, that you recruited, that you went into the household and told the mama you're taking care of them. You got to go for those kids at that moment. 100%. James Finley, just so we're clear, is the receiver coach at Colorado State. Played for me at Compton College. He's a Compton brother. He's the my boy. Played at Oregon. Played for the Bears. 
James Finley is the receiver coach. Recruited Horton, recruited the kid named Brown. He's a receiver guy. He's one of the reasons that Modern Day is the number one football team in high school in America. He brought the talent to Modern Day. He's been at Modern Day the last seven, eight years. He got a job at Colorado State with Norvell last year. He brought in these receivers. He thinks he has two NFL first-rounders in Horton and Brown. I believe him. And he's Compton. You thought he was going to lay down the prime? That is why I knew and I told everybody, this ain't no blowout, dog. This is a dogfight. Those players are going to buy into those type of coaches that I know is over there in Norvell and James Finley. And that's what they did, Smitty. That team's bought in the same way as Colorado's bought in. I am so pleased, though, to see that because a laydown and a blowout would have just showed me that, man, there's no hope in this business in this game. A game that we saw last night on Saturday with that game that was just legit as you can see, competitive, highly energetic, like crowd, animosity. That's football, Big Smitty, that I grew up with, that you probably grew up with, that Smith, that Smack grew up with, Weddle grew up with. Everybody's blowing me up during the game. This is football. Like, Erlacher texting me, Weddle texting me. This is football. And... I couldn't be more proud to watch that game and the way that they came back. Dog, who's going to say in two, 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 three weeks, Big Smitty, that that game not only helped Colorado, but it helped Colorado State. Not only their boys turned them in that night, but it helped maybe the whole goddamn college landscape figuring out, man, maybe we learned some fortitude, some tough skin. We can come back. It ain't ever over, blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a lot of shit that happened that night that I was proud of to say, all right, there's a glimmer of hope still left in this fucking thing. But I wish I could see it a little more throughout the college landscape, Big Smitty, because one game's not enough, and it should not be Colorado-Colorado State as the number one game in America. It should be Alabama-Georgia, but that's not the case right now, and we'll get into Alabama later. But that's just my little rant to start off with. I just think we got to pay some homage to, to Colorado State and Norvell's buy-in just as we do Colorado and Prime's buy-in because it clearly was there for Norvell and the Colorado State team, too. Yeah, no, nah, man. I mean, you, uh, I definitely agree with you on that. Coach Norvell did, like, a hell of a job of preparing his team. They came out there playing physical, playing hard, playing competitive from beginning to end. I mean, I think Colorado was, like, 24-point favorites, if I'm not mistaken, going into the game, so – to have your team basically in control for three and a half quarters, them there, you know, in position to win that game, you got to shout out Coach Norville and the entire coaching staff. Regardless of how everybody felt about the comments, but you know, uh, leading up to the week of the game, like that, that's neither here nor there. He prepared those kids and, and had them ready. By the uh, way, boy Mark Jones called the game. All right, um, he called it with uh, my boy. Goddamn. NFL play Lewis Riddick mm. him and Lewis called the game live and I talked to both of them before the game and 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 they talked to Norville you know during the week they both they talked to both staffs and they get yeah. the breakdown of the teams and all that and they broke down the whole Norville thing and the Norville thing was towards his player take it out of context a little bit because he was talking to his own guys and his own team and it got out that 
I don't care if anyone sees it, but I'm talking to my guys my way. This is my team. He knows the heartbeat of his team. He knows what his team's going to react to and what he's not. We don't. We don't. And, and, and everybody else out here don't know either. So we took it. We ran with it. Made it out to be him versus Prime or his kids or whatever. Ryan Clark, all these people call him out. You know, you don't, you're, you're insinuating that he didn't have a mama. See, that's why I asked you guys on Friday because I'm like, insinuating is a huge word, man, because you don't really know what Norville said or thought. And I don't believe I said I know Norville too long. He wasn't insinuating shit about him, uh, especially as another brother. Another, he is black. <laughs> like, I don't think they took, I don't think they really dove into it. Mark Jones and Lewis Riddick pointed out. No, they out. said it doing the thing. I mean, I, listen, you know him, so I'm like, I can't, you know, I, I don't know him, so I can't go out here and, you know, I, I mean, hey, I, I guess he's telling the truth. I guess. I mean, but I mean, you just got to, <laughs> I don't know. It just, it's very, it's, it's some irony. It's some irony in the specifics of what you said that the head coach that you're playing, literally, this is what he wears during press conferences all the time. So maybe that's what it was. It sounded like a cleanup to me, but I don't know. I don't know the guy. So yeah, whatever. I, the thing about it though, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We weren't there. We don't know. The issue is like, I, if I was coaching D1 Smitty, I would be a soundbite every day because there, there's just no way because I'm doing everything I can to get those kids because I'm loyal to my players. Yeah, no, I get you. And you brought it up last week when we had Matt on. Like, I'm with you. Like, if I was in CSU, if I was a player for CSU, I would have been on out there with that same type of energy. I'm, I would be like, man, like, F Colorado. I'm out here. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, like, I'm not – I don't care, Coach Prime, Coach whoever, we got to go out here and kick their ass. That's the mindset you got to have as a player and a coach, and you're going to inspire your players. I Like, I'm with all that. It was just, again, and maybe we took it out of context, it just the specifics of the of the comments we just had nothing to do with football. You know what I mean? That, that, that was my only thing. He, he goes out there and says, we're not backing down from them. We believe we're the better team, and we're, we're going to go out there and prove it. That's football competitive talk. But talking about somebody's hat and glass had nothing to do with the sport. But I don't want to dive back into that again. We, we, we've already kind of talked about that to, to exhaustion. You were right, though. Jay Norville had those guys ready, man. They played hard. I do think it probably, yeah, it was the game of the weekend and probably is the game of football so far because just everything you said, JB, the hype around it, the guys that were there, the, 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 the pregame, you know, the, uh, uh kind of chatter between the two teams, you know, a little scuffle before. Um, it was a lot going on there. The thing about Colorado State, though, that I, I will say was kind of on the negative side, they kind of shot themselves in the foot. Like you alluded to, they should have won that game. They had so many unforced penalties that were just based upon just not being disciplined that, like, they – they like, without those penalties, they win that game. If we just keep it all the way real without those, and it was just like every, and it wasn't like the refs is out there cheating. I've been seeing, no, they, they showed the replay. These are legit penalties, unforced, late hit, uh, uh, just, just not being disciplined. And that also, unfortunately, has to go to the head coach as well. Just as much as we're giving them props to have them prepared and energized and hyped, that's good, but it has to be controlled too. You can't be out of control because you're so hyped up for the game that y'all here just doing stupid stuff. And that's what they did. And they ended up losing the game. You know what I mean? So um, regardless, though, man, I, I I do agree with you, JB. I think other teams uh, around the nation, this NCAA in general, should, should learn from this and see 
what true college football was like, the essence of it, the buildup, how you can really market a game. And, um, man, like I said, I, I'm happy to see it. And this is why I said, in my opinion, there, there's only, you know, one true Deion Sanders. I get there's other people that, that can do similar things, but the way he pushed this game, like you said, my homies back in Indiana was up at 2.30 in the morning watching Colorado and Colorado State. I swear to God, JB, back when I was back at home, we don't watch Pac-12 games. I'm going to be real with you. Like, it, it, unless SC plays at a, as a, a, like a unique time, we don't we really don't watch Pac-12 games, maybe the first half, because it's, it's too damn late. Let alone Colorado. I've never in my life watched a Colorado game. Respect to Matt. I've never watched a Colorado game in my life, Jake. Let me be real with you. So the fact that we were up that late watching it, come on, man. Uh, like, uh, now crazy. you're contradicting yourself, though, because last week we've been arguing, you, you just said it again, there is no other primes. And I told you there's a thousand of them. Matt agreed with me. That's fine. I mean, we we or disagree that. on that. I I know what y'all saying, but I I still well, think it was the other night. Jay Norville did it. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I'm not talking about. See, no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is, if you take off the optic, not for you. I'm just saying, if you take off the optic lenses that everybody has right now and think about what Jay Norville's done at a place like Colorado State, who I'm not talking about. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about X's and O's. I'm not. So I, that's I why I'm confused. I'm saying the whole show of it. I'm saying we don't have the whole show without a prom there. Nobody gives a hell about this game is what I'm saying. Stardom effect. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I I get all that. I get all that. That's all I'm saying. My point is, though, there's a thousand of – there's a thousand other dudes out here that if you gave them the the opportunity to do some shit, that they – in the right spot with the resources and the money – You'd be like watching them too because who doesn't want to watch a good product? Like you would be shocked at what a cat like people that I know that would what, what they would do at a ball state. You'd be shocked at what they would do at a goddamn bowling green. People would be like, damn, now it's not gonna get prime views because prime's at Colorado. They're still a power five school. They're still a one of the most gorgeous facilities in America. That it's not like he took over Jackson State and don't have a goddamn hellified stadium. The Buffalo running in, I mean, this is this is was already there being mismanaged for the last 20 plus years. Like this has been a that that shit didn't just get built since, since he got since he got the job, Smitty, in January. Right, right. That shit's been there. Like they've had this shit. So there's a lot of those type of places that are undermanaged, mismanaged, underused right now. Because they don't have the right guy in the seat that I'm sitting in, that Prime's sitting in, that Saban's sitting in. There's a lot of things that can happen, but we'll never know because of either nepotism, coaches get passed by to hire their son, brothers, homies, or the fact that administrators are scared of people like me. There's a lot of me's out there. Did you see the guy that was on the show Last week, two weeks ago, Big Smitty, that every other word was fuck. <laughs> yeah. His name was Tony Franklin. He only coached maybe 30 NFL guys at quarterback. Right. <laughs> like, But guess what? He likes the word fuck, so guess what? He's basically been canceled too, just like JB, just like other guys we know. And by the way, 
He's probably as good of a coach there is, and he can't coach anymore. There's a guy named Noel Mazzoni, who's a really good friend of mine. He's been on the show before. He uses the word fuck. So guess what? They canceled him. He only coached Johnny Manziel to a Heisman. He's only coached guys that have been the number one rated quarterback in America, Brett Huntley at UCLA. Like, like the guy's been around for a long time, but guess what? Can't coach anymore. Like, dog, there's a lot of cats out here that administrators are scared of or to hire, and it's unfortunate. I get that. But I got to give you a rundown of what I'm seeing in college football. And I had a good talk, and I know I brought it up to you the other day. Division one football right now is JUCO 1,000%. It is junior college football that I coach, that I grew up within, and that I've seen for a long, long time. This is junior college football. Did you see the Florida? Ethan, I don't know if you can find it. Florida, Tennessee. These two cats square up in full gear, Smitty. These motherfuckers are squared up in full gear. I thought it was the craziest shit I've ever seen. I've seen I've seen everybody comment about it. Cats are like, motherfuckers really squared up like they was in the street in full gear. I'm like, where have I seen that before? Oh, Juco. How many pregame antics did we see between the Colorado-Colorado State game, which I just said I loved, but that's what Florida-Tennessee used to be, Big Smitty. It used to be before the game. Florida State-Florida, Florida State-Miami. There used to be a fight every weekend, Big Smitty, before the game. When football was real, animosity was real, there was a lot of Floridians playing in those two teams. Now you don't have that, dog. There's more California kids out there in Miami right now that we've never seen before because of the portal has diluted all this. Now, the reason I say it's Juco, Big Smitty, is one reason. It is talent that we've never seen. It's so much talent out here, Big Smitty. There's talent everywhere, right? There's talent everywhere. Juco used to have talent everywhere, everywhere. But it was spread about. Every team had a pretty much fair shot of talent. The one common denominator, Smitty, it was no philosophy, there was no culture, and there was no discipline whatsoever. There were more arrests every weekend than there was by the common gangbanging street hustler. There was more drama happening amongst junior college players than there has ever been in any other sport. This is what we're seeing again at Division One. This is what we're seeing right now at the Power Five Division One level. You are seeing fights, drama, shit off the off the field, arrests, DUIs, domestic violence. Yeah, we've seen it before at a high but- level. Jay, I'm sorry, I'm trying to let you go, Jimmy, but like, I, yeah. I'm sorry. This is all normal shit. I am so sorry. We've been seeing this. Shit. We've been seeing this for years, JB. Fight, pre-game, post-game, players getting arrested, stuff getting hidden uh, under the rug. Those Florida Gator teams, those oh, like, stop, man. I, I, I remember LeGarrette Blunt. Was LeGarrette Blunt in Oregon that knocked the guy out after the game, if I'm not mistaken? Blunt, 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 knocked the guy out. Like, we've been, like, knocked him out. Like, we've that, been that's not the point. Stuff. You're missing the point again. You're missing the point again. 
I'm talking about the actual games playing. The actual product on the field is what I, my point is. That Oregon-Boise, by the way, that was a fucking great game. There was yeah. real talent. Well, you led, you led, you led talking about the fight. So that's what you led with, JB. You led with the fight. So that's what I'm talking about. No, I know, but I'm telling you uh, the reason it's Juco. I wouldn't compare D1 to Juco if I wasn't comparing the fact that we have a bad product that is undisciplined, uncultured swine, and then we have a bunch of bullshit drama that has a zero product on the football field. That is why it's Juco. By the way, Juco's across America, Smitty, they get like 50 people to show up to their games. There's a reason why attendance is low at all-time high. You know why? Because Bethune-Cookman's playing fucking Miami game two. Like, how about we play somebody? How about we play a real uh, a real power five school? Maybe we'll product, maybe we'll product up the shit. But we got the we're playing like, come on, man. The product is bad, which equals it makes it even worse. Because the product's shitty, and we're shitty, and we got shitty cats out here doing some dumbass shit. And it's Juco football, Smitty. And I know you didn't play Juco, Smitty, but you played with Juco cats. Yes. You know the landscape of it. You know what it is. You know as well as I know. You've been around some Juco cats. And I you know, know damn well, this is what the fuck we're seeing right now. But I... I, I... Listen, we, we we can go deeper to this. I, I look at football a little, with a different lens than you. I thought this week, this uh, second week performance was a lot better across football, NFL, and college compared to the previous week, in my opinion. But we must have saw different things or looked at different things. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm tripping. But listen, I'm going to lean on you, JB. And, hey, uh, let me, let me, and you Matt, but we got big Matt in here. I know Matt's yeah. here a little early. Let's bring Matt in. But let me ask. Let me show the fight, Ethan. Show the fight real quick, Ethan. I want to see this this uh, Florida fight. So in fourth and 16, they'll run around as the clock ticks down and now get knocked down as he took a knee. A flag comes out, and that is a go. fitting ending to things. Here we go. Yeah, this is about to get ugly. Oh, look at this. Here Guys are throwing fists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. These it, motherfuckers squared up, like, in street. Like they was in the street. I figured somebody like you would actually respect it because they, they they hit his player late. Well, I'm, was... I'm, not, I'm not tripping on it. I'm just saying squaring up is a little different than, you know, a football fight. We got yeah, you got to grab it and pull it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Motherfuckers squared up like, you know what the squared up shows me, right? What? They're pussy. <laughs> Come on, homie. You're pussy. How are you going to square up with gear on, dog? Like, who are you, you going to hurt? You know why they squared up? To show the world, oh, I'm squaring up. No, you're not your pussy. Because you would have grabbed the motherfucker and took his helmet off and tried to shit down his neck. But you're a pussy. That's the problem. Who's going to, what are you going to do, Smitty? Break your wrist? Break your hand? Yeah, Jay, hold on, though, real quick. I can't listen. In those situations, players are not always just like specifically thinking about like it don't make sense. You got helmets on, get it. But right now, I want to fight you. I'm pissed off. I'm not thinking about that's all that. that. I don't know. I, I, I can't call him pussy for wanting to fight somebody. I find that's a that's, that's kind of counterintuitive. But I hear you. But, but hear not, you. it's not counterintuitive because <laughs> I've never seen two cats square up like they on the street to show off. 
Like, what did they do? Did anyone I, I, I don't think they were showing off. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like, it was a lot of shit going on. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's what we are today. Let me let me bring Matt in. Matt McChesney joining us. Make sure you follow Six Zero Academy Body Bags. Make sure you follow Six Zero Academy on all Instagram, t- TikTok, and Twitter. Matt, what's up? It's good. I'm trying to get in the middle of this screen, dog fox. Uh, <laughs> there you go. How's everybody today? I see you Matt. guys super emotional today about fights. Yeah, because I think Division One football is JUCO. That's how I've come up to the agreement over the weekend. Yeah, I, I, think, think, it was, I don't think it was that bad. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah. I, I just brought it, was it up. Good Matt. weekend, right, Matt? Like, I'm like, damn, was it that bad this weekend? No, I'm not saying it was perfect, but hey, Matt, I, I brought it up over the weekend, Matt, to give you context. I told Smitty, and I was talking to Weddle and Erlacher on on group text, and I'm like, this reminds me of something, JUCO, like where we have a ton of talent spread out across America. All these different teams have a shitload of talent, but we didn't have any discipline. We had no culture. And we have a new bodies every semester. I go, it's JUCO. I said, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just JUCO. And I go, this is what I think we're seeing. And that is why I think, you, you guys probably disagree, but I think the product is a little bit watered down a, a ma- across America. Colorado, Colorado State, hands down, has been the best football game of the year. College, NFL, high school, I don't give a fuck. That was the best game of the year because of, it was alpha males playing again. There was animosity. There was beef. There was hitting. There was hard hitting. There was late hitting. There was shit talking. That was the fucking football that Matt McChesney, JB, grew up on. That is why that was the best football game of the year. That's what I'm living by, and that's all I got to say on that one. But you guys go ahead and address my Juco comment. Go ahead, Matt. Jump in, man. You was there. Jump in. Happy Monday. Uh yeah, man, look. Let's go, man. You're already fired up. You've been up since four with the beatbox. I saw you. Wow, he's in there dancing and partying. I'm like, I know you ain't tired, Matt. Nah, both of you. Shut the fuck up. I got to see it. All right, look. <laughs> From a JUCO perspective, okay, yeah, there's mercenaries everywhere. Everybody just get used to this. This is what it is. You want bread? We're going to be able to cut you whenever you want. You want bread, you better perform. You want bread, you're going to act like a professional. If you want bread more than just a scholarship check, then there's expectations that come with that. And good, good. My coach in college, Chris Wilson, always used to say, the difference between this and the league is in the league, when you fuck around, I can just smile at you and cut your ass. And now they can do it in the in college and good. So no more free school seeking. And if you're good enough, you'll get paid. And if you're not, you won't. And if you want to use the mediums available on social media, you get paid. And if you won't, you won't. And if you fail, you can point the thumb and not the finger because nobody gives a fuck, dog. You better get your mind right. As far as Colorado, Colorado State. Okay, look, it was old school. It was nasty. I I loved every goddamn minute of it. I don't care, like, about the dirty hits or any of that shit. I encourage it. Uh, I don't want guys to get hurt necessarily. I'm I'm not happy that Travis Hunter is out, but but I do live in a world where I tell everybody I work with constantly from Ryan fucking Jensen to the kid that was in there at 5 a.m. this morning doing push-ups. You intimidation is part of this. Your mouth is your mouthpiece is part of this. The ability to run through someone's chest and eliminate them from the football game is part of this. I'm sorry. And I know that the soft ass fucking world doesn't like this answer. 
But if we take out your best player, he can't play. And that's not mean. That's fucking facts. So Blackburn is a, a proud Colorado State Ram. They heard all the shit talking. I was one of the ones talking shit. With two minutes left in the game, I was shitting my fucking pants down eight, eight points. Like, how the fuck did this happen? And then greatness stepped on the field, and that was Shador Sanders, and he went the fuck off. And I don't care what happens in 58 minutes of the game, but in that last two, if you have a chance to win and you do, that's exactly what all this is about. So it's about overcoming adversity and everything that plays into that game. Everyone should have saw this coming retrospectively, honestly, because they're all college kids. I mean, they're kids. They're 22 at the oldest. So they're not NFL players yet. They don't understand. Or 31. 31 at the oldest. What? The damn kicker for CHU is 31 from London. Time to fuck out. I'm not talking about kickers. Don't, Don't ever fucking interrupt me again talking about a kicker. Shut the fuck up. It's Monday. We're talking about football players on Coach JB. And the kicker is 39. He got two kids. He's married. <laughs> You guys can't do this kind of shit to me, all right? I've been up since 4 o'clock. I got CTE issues. I've been smoking all morning. I'm trying to fucking remember what we're talking about. I'm talking about the 39-year-old kickers, motherfucker. Schmitty, I'm going to come to your house, kick your ass, bro. This is a fucking ploy. Now you're fucking with me. I'm sitting here on the old line. You're talking shit. I'm off my game. Fuck. Hey, coach, you're the quarterback. Rain this motherfucker in so we can get some shit done. So, right, that's good. The 22-year-old kids. All I'm saying is, they're learning how to push themselves and compete. When you get to the NFL, it's a different level. If you know your job's on the line every day, if you don't run hard, <laughs> fuck, man, either run hard or kick rocks. So college is adapting, is adopting that. And these kids were up in Fort Collins, and there's a lot of good football players on that team. And I, I would think if CSU plays like they did in Folsom and not like they did in Canvas against Washington State, I said this on altitude multiple times. They're good enough to win the Mountain West. Like they were, that was fucking impressive. I'm just going to say it like as a, as a rival and I hate your fucking face, but damn, you guys came to play. And it reminded me of when I played, it reminded me of the attention, the animosity, the hatred, the back and forth, the literally wanting to fucking eviscerate the person in front of you. No handshaking after the game, go fuck yourself, go back to Fort Collins. And it, they would do it to us too. So the game hey, but aren't you more rewarded today? Aren't you feeling better after a game like that than you no. would be if they were shitty? No, well, of course. I mean, look, last year when they're one and eleven, and I'm up there trying to motivate a team before they play Cal, like giving them a speech. I'm putting everything I have into like trying to relay the importance of wearing the fucking lo- the, the 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 logo. Like the, the Colorado on your chest means something to me. And I know that there's a bunch of fanboys out there in the fucking basement eating like Cheetos and Mountain Dew Code Red right now and Chicago backhanding to fucking Pornhub constantly. I get it. I know you're pissed off because I am old and still love my university. I don't understand that at all. I don't know why that's not like the whole fucking point. Isn't it the whole fucking point, Ball State? Yeah. That's the whole point. I, I, I mean, isn't that the whole point? Let's get it it's kind of the fucking point. Just saying. Hey, hey man, um, I want to ask you something. You just gave homage. You paid homage to a rival you don't like. Of course, that's what rivals are. Uh, we have to respect the fact that we don't like it either. But, and I know you know and now because you deal with 
grown-ups. You deal with coaches on the national scale. And I've known Jay Norville 25-plus years. He's a Super Bowl-winning guy. He's been around. My former player is the receiver coach there, James Finley, who brought in Horton and Brown, two NFL wideouts. He's a Compton native. I knew they weren't going to lay down. I said that on Friday. Do you have any take on my take? Here's the here's your take on my take. I don't know how that sounds, if that sounds weird or not. Um, come, come I, said on, Smitty, I said to Smitty, we gotta start, we gotta, we gotta look at the other side too. We give we talk about prime and the buy-in that Colorado has in prime and how instantly it happened, and and they'll run through a wall for him and you got to say that about Jay Norville too, don't you? Because I'm sure that motherfucker sure didn't lay down. They sure bought into his fucking ass. I was so impressed. I'm telling you, if Colorado State plays like that for the rest of the year, you play every game like that, you're not losing again. That was fucking impressive. I don't know who the tight end is, but goddamn, son. Ooh, that, that last t- the, the last one he caught when the ball was hit the ground, reached down. My soul will lift my body. It's hard to house call it tight end, dog, and homeboy just. Like, that's national TV with Little Wayne taking the bus out and shit, and you're beating the fuck out of them the whole game, and everybody's pissed off. The entire stadium is like, oh, fuck, boo-hoo. People are leaving. CSU fans are Bob Bond talking that shit. But see, this is the difference, and I'm just going to let it – I'm going to tone this back down here for you. Congratulations on your moral victory. I appreciate your effort. But there's a huge difference between finishing that fucking game and playing in it. And they do this all the time. All the fucking time. All time. And, in 03, and that's in 03 that's they fucked it up. In 03, they fucked it up. In 04, they fucked it up. In 05, they fucked it up. They do this all the time. They get us right where they want us and they think we're beat. And then the real team in Colorado plays and we win the game. And it was fucking crazy, dog. And I look, if you don't like the people rushing the field, I'm sorry your school sucks and doesn't care about football. If you don't like how intense it is and how everybody's eyes are on it, I'm sorry your school doesn't have Deion Sanders and he has a first-name basis with Lil Wayne and The Rock and shit. I'm sorry. You just hate us because you ain't us. And we might take some lumps. We're going to. Look, the defense is not great. They got some holes. There's some good players. Shiloh's a fucking animal. That kid went to the house, started dancing on him. I loved it. But they've got, as an, as an X3 technique at that place, bro, like – they got some. They, we got. We got to find a fucking dude, a three technique, because I, I saw the guard from CSU. Like Schmitty, you know this, but yeah. as a guard and as a three, if I've only had it happen to me maybe once or twice in my life, a three technique. But I, at guard, it's pretty hard to do to a good player. But when you grab the chest plate and like torque another man and put them in the ground, I saw that happen like five or six different times, and that's not good. You can't put that on tape because Oregon's got motherfucking dudes up front and Dan Lanning who's my boy I love Danny to death he's one of the this is a cool story Dan was one of the first coaches ever to come into 6-0 when I first started it to recruit as like a fucking GA and now he's the head coach at Oregon so just keep sitting around in your basement and keep thinking about what you can't fucking do so but like he he talked a bunch of shit at the beginning of the year and like I'm trying I'm I'm like back and forth with him right now because I obviously want us to go up there and smash the fuck out of these people so you know, he said Colorado hasn't won anything. They're leaving. What have they brought to the conference? And it's, I mean, he is talking shit, but at the same time, they've been pretty fucking sure. irrelevant up to this point. So he's not lying. Um, but at the same time, he also just got here and hasn't won shit yet either. So that's kind of a bullshit statement. So 
look, bro, there's motivation every week. How you how you operate is on you. I was in. I did not go in pregame uh, because I was with my son who was there on a recruiting trip, and it was the fucking coolest thing ever. And I was crying like a bitch the whole time, and it was awesome. And I was taking pictures like an old dad, like ah, oh, stand there and the sun and all this other bullshit. It was really cool. He loved it, and it's just more motivation for him. Uh, you know, it's to be standing next to you know, Underwood, the number one player in the country, and my son standing right next to him, and they're talking back and forth and exchanging phone numbers and shit. Like, that's what this is about, dog. And after the game, after the double overtime fucking thriller, yeah, where CU comes back and beats their rival, regardless of how you feel about the bus, if you think Oregon and USC and all these teams are going to smash them or not. They got heart, dog, and they don't quit, and they're fucking motivated, and in, and they know they played like shit. So after yeah. the fucking after the game, we're in the locker room again, and all the recruits are in there, the ones that are smart enough to walk in after they rush the field, and take off. Well, I can't remember the fucking rapper's name, but he's awesome. But again, a key was a key Glock, or are you talking about Offset? Uh, Offset. Offset, yeah, dog. Yeah. It was, and he performs live and shit. It was cool as fuck. But like Prime's Prime's uh, speech was, you know, we underachieved. I posted it on social media and go on platforms and watch it. We underachieved, blah, blah, blah. But he's like, you know, are you here to put yourself on? Are you going to use this place and this platform to put yourself on? Or are you just here? You know, like, are you trying to get your, your family out of a situation? Are you trying to... Get out of the hood, get out of Compton, get out of a fucking trailer. Whatever your motivation is, this game can take you anywhere you want to go. If you'll just fucking work and shelf the ego and like actually humble yourself enough to do what you're supposed to do. He was very adamant that they underachieved. It was not a celebration. The week before was a fucking party, dog, blowing Nebraska out. This was like a, I'm glad we didn't fuck this up moment. And we've got to, we got to really, really focus and get better because we've got a gauntlet walking up. And it can get embarrassing. If you walk into Oxen and play like that, it will be a shit show. And all it'll turn quick. So, you know, it's all of that said, it was very poetic what, what Coach Prime said, you know, like, are you going to use this as a, as a, like a, a time machine for yourself to take yourself 10, 10 years down the road where you could be? You know, where's Shator going to be? Where's Shiloh going to be? Where's Coach going to be? If you use the platform correctly, all the kids in the room, do you really like this shit or do you really need this shit? Because if you need it, you'll do anything for it at any time, at any day, at any moment. But if you just like it, that's a fucking emotion. And emotions are fleeting and they change. And you may not like it one day because big coach is yelling at you and it's mean and it's hot. And mm, well, you're fucking emotional or whatever other bullshit you bring to the table that day. And that's the difference between guys who actually love this shit and guys who just watch it. So remember, 99% of fans played. Mm. So everybody sits there in the fucking stands like, I could do this. I could do that. That's why I hate going to pro football games. The first time I hear some drunk fucking idiot yell, how hard is it to block that guy? I'm like, oh, fucking no, Doug's pretty tough. Kind of. Real quick, before we move on to NFL, any word on Travis Hunter? What's wrong with him? Like, is it a lung? Is it a kidney? Is it a is it a, a rib? I mean, I'm not a doctor yet, uh, but uh, <laughs> I will say that it was not good. And he spent the night in the hospital, and they went there directly from the the 
the talk, like the coaches, Coach Sanders, Coach Prime, and yeah. everybody just walked straight out. All, all I'm hearing is two weeks. I don't know why they, they just said two weeks. They didn't say anything about what say, it was. I said that it was more of a precautionary thing for the hospital trip, you know, ribs and broken ribs and lungs and arteries and organs and all that shit. Again, no doctor. Uh, but I not having him for Oregon and SC is not going to be good. This is, he's the best player in the fucking world. So, and I'm saying that in the NFL too, like I, from a talent perspective, raw ability, I think he's maybe the best prospect that I've ever seen ever. And I'm not, you know, who else thinks that Dion Sanders. So you think I'm crazy text prime. I so, see you cry. I'm just saying that's a, Ethan, cut that. Uh, uh, somebody cut that. Post that tag, Matt. On the show, cut this motherfucker. Hey, Matt, I, I'm 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 glad you came with the way you came because I, I was sure we were going to argue, but I'm glad you you kept it real. I All agree right, well, with you. I see you're just like everybody else, dog. You always think I want to fight and I'm mean and shit. No, 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 no. I wanted to I wanted to fight so we can get more ratings, but um, I I I want. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, uh, <laughs> I wanted to get this. I wanted to get the Travis Hunter hit. I wanted to get this hit debate about out, out because I know we've got a lot of, we're going to have a lot of nasty takes on this. Um, I agree with you 100%. We don't want to see nobody get hurt. Um, we don't want to see that shit. If I was a player in my day, See, I have a whole nother outlook on this thing that no one else wants to talk about. I see guys in the chat right now talking about the NCAA should find Norvell and fire him. The NCAA whole thing? That's Shut still up. A thing. Hey, oh. time, time out. Is the NCAA still a thing? No. <laughs> it's like a babysitter dog telling me to yeah. go to bed. Who the fuck yeah. are you? Shut the fuck. By the way, they'll, they'll suspend a head coach for cheeseburgers for three games but they won't fucking do anything else they didn't have to be suspended they're pity partying themselves oh, you suspended yourself motherfucker. oh shit well here here's my take first of all I, if i'm colorado i do not want that dude to get ejected because now i'm headhunting thing i'm headhunting that motherfucker the rest of the game yeah i feel about it yes i'm like why does everybody want him ejected i want him out there. Yeah, yeah. look ejecting this guy look huh? Look, don't eject him. Absolutely yeah. not. No, 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 no. Because Keep at the off. end of the game, guess what happened? Football karma bit his ass at the end of the game. Yes. And he got a fucking touchdown by Horn. So you yes. don't know. Don't kick him out. That's I don't want him out of the game. I want to I want to walk into the huddle and go, did you see what 11 just did to Travis Hunter? We are going to fuck him up. It's yes. on. That's, that's it. it. Like, that's what it should have been. Go now. right over. Was was the hit was the hit malicious was the hit yeah, intentional the hit all that probably but the, 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 that, yeah, was yeah. A, that was a normal play Matt growing up with you and I that exactly. was a normal but, football you know, play when I say dirty I'm not saying bad <laughs> look I'm a buff bro did I like seeing Travis Hunter get hurt like that absolutely not am I siding with Blackburn fuck no. I, it pissed me off at the game. It pisses me off now. If I was on the field at that point and I was playing offensive line, I played defense when I was at Colorado and my first two years in the league. So I, I wasn't on offense, but if, you know, the whole, you know, Royal, we whatnot, I probably, I'm kind of angry at the offensive line for not being there with their quarterback. That really pissed me off more than maybe the hit, the hit. I understand. I totally understand it. 
I don't know how many fucking times in my life I've had a coach walk up to me or walk up to the group of defensive players and say, if fucking Adrian Peterson isn't here in the in the third quarter and we hit him hard enough and he's out of the game, he can't go for 240 and four tutties in the fucking Big 12 title game against us. If Vince Young is out of the game, we keep hitting this motherfucker in the face. He can't run all over the field and make everybody look like average athletes while he's giving you the finger running into the, into the, in the end zone. You can't do shit about it. So I guarantee you, Jay Norvell and, and the entire team, they were out there to maliciously play. And I know that because they had 24 penalties or some stupid shit. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Look, look, it almost worked. It almost worked. You almost bully, you almost bullyballed the Buffaloes, but it, in, re, in the end, it didn't. So you should probably find a better way to operate in that regard. But from a, a perspective of kicking the guy out of the game, fuck no, don't kick him out. Highlight him, walk into the huddle and say, every time Levis is on the field, go after his legs, hit him in the fucking ear hole, throw him on the ground, hold him, talk about his mama. I don't give a fuck. Just, you know, keep him off of Shador's ass and make sure he feels it. And at the end of the game, he blew the tackle that cost them a touchdown. So look, all the tough shit that they tried to pull, it worked for 58 minutes. Hmm. And but this is a 60 minute game and they always do this. And next year in Fort Collins will be really, really, really nasty and really contentious. And God damn it. That's the way this is supposed to be. We don't like y'all. Honestly, I'm saying this and Ethan, you need to cut this motherfucker too. I'm disappointed in Nebraska because that's what I expected from them. I expected the Nebraska fucking Cornhuskers, the black shirts, those badasses. Yeah, right. We all know who wears the real black shirt. Us and we own that color, motherfucker. We just take red. We might make a red uniform, put a buffalo on it because it's our color now. I expected them to show up like that last week, and they showed up looking like the bug eaters, dog. That wasn't Nebraska. CSU, CSU might beat Nebraska's ass if they play that hard. I mean, for God's sakes. Hey, here's where, the take. I got with Jay Norman. I texted him after the game. I texted Jane Finley. Here's my take. It gets real now for Jay Norville and the Colorado State uh, uh, team. You know why? Because after that emotional game and you've lost now, I know you and I both can say, if you play that way, you're going to win every game. The The fact of the matter is they won't play that way game real easily, too, because I've been on both sides of this thing. That is now going to be the best coaching job that Jay Norvell can possibly do is to get those guys back to at least a close 75 percent of that of what they were the other night, because the Kamara kid is a first rounder. Uh, he, he told me that months ago. Um, I, 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 I is he? Yeah, he's, oh, he, he was literally unblockable all night. I was like, God, Lee, he's going to win the game by himself. He's just wearing motherfuckers out, dog. And didn't he get ejected? Uh, yeah, at the in the overtime, yeah, he he got, he got like we started, we could actually like do something. Hey, Matt, but but to your NCAA point, here's what I was gonna say about the Travis Hunter hit. Listen, I liked it because of the physicality and the it brought a little bit of masculinity back to the game because of the shit talking, the animosity, the back and forth. That's why I thought it was the best football game of the year on planet Earth. Earth on planet Earth. Earth. And how, do now, spell, how do you spell Earth? E R F. E R F. E R F. Earth. It's not an Earth, motherfucker. It's Earth. I thought it was a sign. I mean, the A is silent. It's, it's an English language. A. We got silent motherfucking language. You're in English class now. We say Earth. Hold on. We, when you say Earth, how the hell is that? Oh, E A, motherfucker. E A. 
No, I don't know, y'all. I think it's E A R F. I think it's Earth. Silent A. It's like jalapeno. Ain't no fucking ain't no H in there. E R F. Right there. Come on. We gonna trust TJ. No, put it back. We gonna trust TJ too nasty. He's fucking Gandhi now. He's a fucking encyclopedia yeah, now. He He's a Korean person now. Stereotypical. He look hood. Look, look, Gandhi a good speller? He's the hood. Uh, uh, all right, time out. Fuck all how you spell Earth. Bottom line is, though, uh, Matt, to your point of NCAA, let me ask you, though, with the yeah. NCAA hypocrisy that we know them to uh, put, put out there every week, you don't yeah. eject the kid yeah. Blackburn. You don't eject Blackburn, Matt. But you eject <clears throat> the kid that literally had the best form tackle of the fucking year at hey, hey Ethan pull up the tackle on Jaden Daniels at LSU game come on um, that was a perfect form tackle the quarterback leaves the ground and this guy forms him up and fucking fits him and gets ejected that is where i have the problem no I like we call that targeting matt i don't i call it tackling uh, look, man, yeah. I, it, the hypocrisy is the helmet. If they, I watch, well, I don't watch, but there are people who play rugby and they don't have ears, but they tape them. If you really want to get fucking like technical about this, take the helmets off. Guys will be forced to tackle correctly. Yeah. Oh, but that's a marketing tool, right? So we can't take the fucking helmet off. So we might as well just penalize the guy for playing hard. That sounds like a great fucking idea. Let's penalize the kid. That makes total sense. And that and that's the bullshit. It's bullshit. As an uh, look, I play both ways, but I don't touch the ball. I'm a real football player. I don't play these fucking fantasy leagues. How many fantasy leagues you got, Schmitty? Uh, I got three. And you're a lineman. You call yourself a fucking lineman? How dare you? you <laughs> I'm a retired lineman, Matt. I'm a retired lineman. He doesn't have any fantasy leagues. You got a fantasy league, coach? Fuck no! Fuck I despise exactly. that shit. I fucking knew that. I didn't even need to ask, dog. My dog don't want a fantasy league. This real football shit over here, fucking fantasy. Hey, league. when somebody asks me about a fantasy, I fucking despise. It. I want to cuss the fuck out of them. I, so I is, can't it, is this weird? Is this weird? Is it weird that my fantasy is to catch someone breaking into my house? No, that's mine. It's been mine for a long time. <laughs> like doing some sick individuals. Like right standing in the hallway with a heart on, like wrong house, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, Ethan, pull up the pull up the hit. By the way, I want to pull up that we hit. Need therapy on this show. We need to put a therapist on here. Show on the fucking rails. All right, so Jaden Daniels leaves. He's always kind of skipping. Oh, fucking football play happened! Holy that's shit! We got suspended for that. We got ejected for that. Yeah, get the fuck out of here, dog. He had to do something else. Nah, that was no, it. he got to check his balls or nothing. Nothing or nothing. He just hit him like that. That's it. To him, he so, like jumped into the tackle. That's why I'm upset. So, so Matt, if you came on here today and I'm you cussed me out, today. said that that kid got ejected, <laughs> so so should the Colorado State kid got have ejected for the hit on Travis Hunter. Oh, I would agree shit. with you. But yeah, that yeah, is why yeah, the hypocrisy yeah, yeah. smitty is at all time high. That should not be hit and the Colorado State not getting suspended. When <laughs> my palms itch, I just got a phone call that I can't answer right now. I don't know what the fuck you just said, but my palms are itching, and when my palms itch, boom, motherfucker. What? Happy Monday, bitches.
What what did you just say? I don't know what happened, JB, just now. I mean, well, I just JB was in JB was in mid rant. He was in he was in his bag. He was going in, and yeah, Matt man. out of nowhere looks to the side. I'm sorry, man. Saying, I'm like a fucking pit bull chasing the laser corner. I get good news. The fuck you want me to do? Not except not. I, hey, all I said, all I said, Matt was this. If you called in and we got into an argument and you told me fuck yes. that the Colorado State Cats should have been suspended or ejected, yep. I would have agreed with you because of the fact that that dude right there got ejected for less. Yeah. So, I'm, but we're okay. not. It's hypocrisy. In some way, non-caring assholes of America continue yeah. <laughs> to be picky and choosy on who they throw out and who they don't, and that's why. No, I have, that's the issue. So what's the name of the NCAA again? Not carrying assholes of America. That's pretty good. Can I say assholes on regular radio? Can you do that? I don't you think should so. be able to. Pat McAfee cusses on ESPN yeah. now. I think the trend is being set. Hey, the world's changing. We got sunglasses and hats and cursing. And it's really great. Um, look, I, you know how I feel about this, man. I'd be cool with a fucking penalty box in football. Like, I'd be cool with two-minute majors. Like, I'm going to – the fucking linebacker just ran to my quarterback. I'm going to go – hit this motherfucker in the ear hole and we're going to take our helmets off, walk to the 50 and put your dukes up. But I do agree with you. If you square up in a football fight, you don't, you're a bitch. You don't want to fight. You just go after people in football fights. You use the face mask <laughs> to like pull around and up and down. You have to grab underneath the fucking part, like where the face mask and the chin strap, Smitty knows what I'm talking about right there. You don't fucking know. Cause you're a quarterback. You watch fights. But like, and get them up there was. I would gouge your fucking eyes out. Then That's you should lock your door. So it's just your door gotten suspended for fucking like that, that was to me, to me, that was bits made. That was standing up I doing that. Shit, that, dog. that right there was that was like feminine energy. Hey man, hey, how do you do it? How do you how do it, Matt? How do you do it, Matt? He's fucking Captain Insano knows the word. He right there, right in the fucking eyes. And he like went right through the face mask, all smooth like Spider-Man and shit, right in the dude's fucking eyeballs. He didn't eat like with his throwing hand, too. Smooth motherfucker. He could have like ripped a fingernail off or some shit. And all you skill players get a blister, you're off for two. Hey Matt, Matt, he damn near dance with it too. He did like a little dance move with it, and they kind of and then came back to it. It was smooth as hell. Prime step, yeah. prime step. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's a – I got a take, though. I got an interesting take I want to bring up That's before Mac goes. I got to ask you something. <laughs> you uh, me I've been there and I've done it. I've coached – I've never coached my son, obviously. I don't have a son to coach. But I've had a lot of kids that I've raised. I've had kids I've raised where I've brought over. Or it's very similar – when you coach, like if I had Matt McChesney's son and he, I was the head coach and Matt was on my staff and I had his son and I'm coaching his son, it's a very, very finite thing on how you walk around that that locker room with your other players. Yes. Like you got to be real impartial. You know what I'm saying? That's why uh, he didn't get Shiloh. His, his son is doing some shit where I'm like, all right, Prime, you're, you're supposed to be this disciplinarian guy. I don't know if I'm allowing my son to talk shit like he's doing on social media. He called Danny Cannell a bitch made hoe. Well, um, no, that's not that's the that's the social media. Son he's talking about the, he's talking about the oldest son who's like older than me. I think. Look, look. Yeah. Look, there, there's four sons. 
Two of them run the social media. Two and the other Shiloh plays safety to the house, and yeah. Shador's the best quarterback in the country. I said that out loud. I did. Did I not say? Was I not the first guy fucking ten months ago to say they were going to hire Coach Prime? Receipt time. Did I? Cool. And then when I said Shador was a first round quarterback, and everyone was like, "Oh, you're fucking crazy." Am I still crazy? You did and, say that. No. So there's two receipts, bitch. So look, I. I am probably not the right guy to ask about this because I make a living talking shit and I love it. And when people approach me with like, when people want to fight me and it's like real, most people, 99.9% of people go, fuck, I don't want to fight, bro. That's not. And I'm like, where are we going? Let's fucking do this. It like, it makes me. I'm with you. I'm with you. I don't care about them talking shit. We've been bad for 20 years. They wear a Colorado on their shirt. It's not just Coach Prime's. It's not It's not the University of Deion Sanders. He's the coach at Colorado. But what I'm saying, just let me finish, and then I'll shut the fuck up because I know I talk a lot, but I am your guest. If they have had a big, big, big-time identity crisis there for a long time. This is the way we used to operate. We just didn't have a fucking portal. I had a pager, dog. You had to page me. I had to go to a phone. And respond to nine one 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 one. What the fuck does this mean? Over like you just coming over, dog? Like why are you texting me nine one one, motherfucker? Shmi doesn't even know what I'm talking about. He's born in like 2012. So what I'm saying is this is nothing new for the, the people in Boulder. This is how we used to operate. Maybe not at this extent, but I love it. I love how much swag they have. I love that Little Wayne's bringing them out. I love that they're totally and unequivocally buying in because it's real. If they took their foot off the brake now, I would say all of this was show. But if it's if it's the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, and it's just constant support from pop culture, which is totally immersed in college football anyway, and they've done it to a point I've never seen before. This is not the first time it's happened either. I mean, Pete Carroll did this at SC exactly the same way. So why is it a problem when Coach Prime does it in Boulder for some people? I think I know the question. I think I know the answer. White motherfuckers. Yes, ding, ding, ding. White motherfuckers got a problem. Well, we all know, being a white motherfucker, the white motherfuckers suck. And they suck. They suck. They're good off my lawn. There's no fun. There's no swag. There's no cursing. There's no shit talking. Hey, well, white liberal women are the reason why there's so much cancel. Well, here we go. Now we're talking Karen. Fuck. Let's go down this road. <laughs> you, hey, so this fork you just went down, Schmitty and I are going to go this way. This so, way. Yeah, I did not prep for this, JB. I did not prep for this. Right. <laughs> so I don't have a problem with the shit talking dog. I, especially in the parameters of what we're talking about, they're not just on some field in a, somewhere talking shit to each other. It was stoked. It's stoked by the media. It's stoked by us. We love this shit. Nobody wants, when Jay Norvell said that you take your hat and sunglasses off last week and the fucking fire erupted, that was the best thing that's ever happened for this game. It had them playing at a million miles an hour. This they, year? Yeah, best game of the year by far. I mean, I was so glad to be at it. I didn't get home till like fucking three in the morning. I didn't go to bed till like five. My heart was jumping out of my chest. It was it was incredible, and it's all stoked by pure hatred and dirty play. Football is not a nice guy sport. Stop trying to fucking make it nice. It's so much better when it's mean and dirty. It's fucking supposed to be mean and dirty. It breaks yeah, that. Lean into it, motherfucker. Soft pussy. 
I love it, man. I love it. Well, we can talk college football all day long, man, but let's move a little <laughs> bit to the NFL. And, Matt, let's talk about your Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson, Hail Mary. Hey, I thought they won the game. I turned it off. I thought they won. I what thought the, the game was over, Matt, but they didn't get the two-point conversion. Talk to them about the Broncos, Matt. I don't know what's worse, turning the game off or leaving. Ooh, probably turn the game I, off. I don't know what like if you were there and you left before the game ended, that'd be pretty shitty. But turning it off would be fucking terrible too. I mean, you can't. Hey, you know, hey, hey listen, man, I got all the games out of my house. Well, I can't count. 30, 33, 35. It's over. Hey, I I got those games on, and I'm like, they're up twenty-one to three or whatever. Oh, I'm like, you mean you it off. oh, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. Here we go. That makes total sense. Yeah. Yes. When the Broncos were up 21 to three and it looked like they were going to run the commanders or Redskins or whoever the fuck they're called out of the building. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And then this thing happens in Denver. It's called halftime. Oh, and you would, you would think that with the fucking coach like Sean Payton, who's bad motherfucker, right? I mean, thinking about coaches that are dirty too. Is he the dirtiest head coach in the history of dirty head coaches? Him and Belichick love them both. Yeah, man. I mean, I'd love to play with Sean Payton because Sean Payton's the kind of guy that'll walk up to you and be like, don't tell anybody this, but I got an extra 1500 for you if you knock this motherfucker out. And that's just my game. So, that's the football we grew up on. Just my game. That's exactly the way I like it. Nice and dirty with a little bit of fucking, a little bit of scratch for the big guy. So, you like that? I like that. Yeah, it's him. It's an all day. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called scratch. So <clears throat> I, they will be going to halftime and things aren't great, but they're definitely not bad. They got the lead. They're up by, they're up by 18 at one point. And then they go into halftime and what do they do the first week? Nothing. They score three points in the second half. They get inside the 10 yard line and don't run the ball. And then yesterday they go out in the second half and I'm not really sure what the fuck they were doing at all. It didn't look like football to me. It looked like Russ running around scrambling everybody thinking that the game was over at halftime i'm pretty sure these guys were professionals the last time i checked that's what their check says big checks so i'm pretty concerned and honestly they go to miami this weekend they are not winning in miami in the home opener the dolphins are going to shit stomp the shit out of the bronx like that's going to be a disgusting display not for miami of course i i the broncos might just need to is it blow up time in denver bro like I, I don't know if you can get rid of a few money, bro. Well, just it's the Pinner group. They got more money than fucking God. Who cares? They don't give a shit about money. You can't look. How much money do you lose with this bullshit? I can think about it from that standpoint. Yeah, it's going to cost a lot of money to get out of all these contracts, but think about it like this. Can you continue to do this? I want you to listen to something real quick. Okay. I'm going to, might take me a little bit of time to find this, but hopefully not that long. All right. <clears throat> the Broncos are five and fourteen since trading for Russell Wilson and giving him a two hundred forty-five million dollar deal. They're five wins. Week two last year against Houston, sixteen to nine, where the fans were literally in the stands counting down the play clock because Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson can't count. Huh. They beat San Francisco in Sunday Night Football eleven to ten. It was the worst goddamn game I've ever seen in my life. Jimmy Garoppolo ran out of the back of the end zone. That's why they didn't lose 10 to 9. Jacksonville and London, where they packed the wrong goddamn pants. 
They've never in their history worn white tops and blue pants. You want to know why? Because the line on the jerseys are different colors because of the whole, I don't know, not colorblind people that wear jerseys. I don't fucking know. I Pretty apparent to me that white and white go together. Yep, they won that game. That was pretty cool. 21-17, 7.30 in the morning. You know how many people saw that? Nobody. <clears throat> they beat Arizona 24-15. Russell didn't even play. And then they beat the Chargers at the end of the year 31-28 with uh, Super Jerry Rossberg as the head coach. So Russell Wilson hasn't won one motherfucking game that's relevant in Denver since he's gotten here. Not one. Not one game. Not one game. Not one game. And this is, okay. I, I think we should just, if you're on, you're in the plane, right? We're flying. He's doing high knees in the back. When we land, say, thank you very much. You don't need to get back in the plane. When we when we take off from the next flight, you can't come. And neither can you, McGlinchey, and neither can you, Bowles, and neither can you, Powers, and Trey Justin Simmons, and take Patrick Sertan and put him in a room somewhere and be like, just chill. We're going to get back to you in a second. And everybody else is expendable at this point. And I'm sorry to say that, but they need a major rebuild, bro. This is, it's a, it's like a, culture problem it's bigger than just throwing money at it like has throwing money at the problem ever really worked no the jets just threw money at the problem that shit didn't work i mean the broncos threw money at the problem when we got super positive guy and there's absolutely no future with that dude the rounds couple years back when they won the super bowl it threw money hey, at the hey, problem. I well that worked yeah. <laughs> I got to ask you before Weddle comes on later on. I got to ask you. Uh, we're here on Eric Weddle Monday. Maggie Bichesne joining us. We're live on Twitter as well. We're sharing live posts as we walk. It's great. Good job, Felipe. Everybody else back yeah, there. In way, your social media team, dog. Because look, I, I really believe in the power of this. And I'm constantly talking to like my station and other station, like other people about the power of it. And they're like, that sounds good. And I'm like, oh, okay. You guys do a great fucking job, man. That shit pumps out quick. People get to see our and We got, we got Felipe behind the scenes on Twitter live right now. So you're seeing live clips of this show, live action on Twitter, you which is great. Good. You look good. You look good. I look okay. But we're good. Pro club. I'm in a white pro club, but you know what? Fuck it. Um, <laughs> hey, what do you think about this? This, I'm, not, I'm not worried about the Jacksonville loss. The Jacksonville loss hasn't carried on to the season whatsoever. If you've seen our training camp or you've seen the way we played in the first two games, it hasn't had an impact on our team whatsoever. Our I'm calling bullshit. Uh <laughs> this, this was, remember the whole plane thing we just talked about? That's this fucking dude. Look, the Chargers will always charge her, and they'll always hire some asshole that probably shouldn't be the, the coach. That's just me. This is another one. This guy can't coach, dog. He's a good D.C., but if you're okay, we're all in the room. He's trying to motivate us. He's like, "Come on, guys, let's go get them, kick them, get them, punch them." Like this fucking guy's our coach. I mean, this isn't little giants, dog. That's the, he reminds me of Rick Moranis. I'm not gonna lie, I did not expect the charge to be now. Smitty, who's Rick Moranis? I don't know. God damn it, JB! Why are you letting children on the show, dog? <laughs> yeah, we need some youth on this show, man. This show is one side. You guys told me earlier that your fantasy is someone to break into your crib late at night. And you didn't tell me why, but I know why. why? I know why. Why? Because you want to play Madden. 
That's what you want to do to this. That's true. I I have a Mossberg. One hand. (laughs) Anyway, y'all, man. You guys need me for anything else today or can I go on with my life? Nah, nah, you you the rest of that show, man. Fuck, you're here now. Oh, get out of here. Oh, and I, well, I got one more thing. So I need to ask this question because you guys are my boys and I'm really fucking worried about this. <clears throat> yeah, I know you got another offer for me, FanDuel. Get fucked. Listen to that. Money, no. money. <laughs> no, bro. So I put 200 bucks on Chicago, Tampa, over 40. Indy, Houston, over 39 and a half. Green Bay, Atlanta, over 40 and a half. New York and at Arizona over 39 and a half. Washington at Denver over 39 and a half. Those are like preseason fucking overs. Dude. I couldn't believe I got those numbers. And then tonight I have over 40 Saints Panthers and over 38 and a half Brown Steelers. Week two, it figured either the defenses were all hung over or the offenses actually look like they're playing football now, kind of. Like they got better. I know you think everyone sucks. I get it. I'm, that's not what I'm talking about. Shh. If I that two hundred dollar bet, if I hit these two tonight, <clears throat> it pays out seventeen thousand eight hundred and thirty two dollars and fifty three cents. Now I can cash out for three thousand bucks profit. Do I ride or cash? I, I I would take the under in the Saints game. There's no way Panthers score. Fuck. Mm. That's just what I wanted to hear. Right. So if that's the case, Thanks, then. You, and and, and I don't see Derek Carr scoring points yeah, on the Your opinion, damn it, man! Why why couldn't you just like answer was, the question? Why why can't you just answer the question? No, but now you just don't like the way that he answered it. That doesn't mean he didn't answer it. Come on, hey, scared money don't make money. Yeah, I, I was oh, not gonna lie. Yeah, and is it really? Are you losing two hundred dollars or am I losing three grand? You're losing two hundred dollars. Yeah, I'm look at the mic, look macro. Look at the micro. Well, think about it though. No, here's the question you gonna ask yourself, Matt. Would you be more pissed if you a missed out on this 3k or b missed out on a 17k because you took the 3k? Which side would piss you off more? Oh, I don't give a fuck about the three grand. Exactly. So fuck it. Hey, hedge it, hedge it. You win no matter what they said. No, hedge it. What the fuck does hedge it mean? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not clipping the fucking Fucker, I'm betting. What does hedging even mean? Like, like take the three grand and reinvest the bet? Then if I lose, I lose three grand. What the fuck kind of sense does that make? I'm only down 200 right now. Uh, you hedge your fucking bet, dog. You two don't even know what hedging means. Why am I talking to you? I have no idea anything about that. You want me to come back on your no, hedging means like soften, soften, like get like protect yourself. Basically, it's like you're softening your cushion. You might so you, you might take that money. How do I hedge the bet then? How do I soften? I don't know. No, that's the, I don't know that answer. I don't know that one. I don't you have to ask that guy. You know the definition, but not the answer. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. How about you? You got anything to contribute to this horseshit analysis? Ethan says hedge is like keeping the bet alive, but you bet on the opposite side. And yeah, exactly. So I've got to invest more money? No, guys, I'm not hedging anything. No. All right. There's 200 invested. I've got seven hours to figure out whether or not I want three grand or 17. Yeah, I don't I don't know what, what Hector's talking about either, but I also didn't see that. So um, look, man, I just want to right get anything. You neither one of you gave me your opinion. Hey, Schmitty, should I fucking hey, take I three said take, no, I, no, I no. Which one? 
17K, motherfucker. Yeah. You, so I, you I, I score? Listen, man, you already so hear that. Score. That's what you're telling me, coach. Hey, I, I don't think the Saints can score a lot, and I, I definitely don't see the Panthers with the rookie QB with no O-line scoring a lot of points on the Saints. 40 fucking points between a bunch of professionals in, in the Monday night game? And they put this on Monday night? 40. How much is it? 40. Total. 40 total points, dog. Yeah, you think, I, Derek, you I, think I, Derek Carr can't get 28 by himself? Like, they can't win 31 to 10? And I, I mean, maybe the, I roll with it. 17 grand is, is a lot more intriguing than I'll three. I'll tell you grand. what, if I, if I lose and come back on tomorrow morning, I'm fucking you up. If you win, send me three grand, will you? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> right. Matt McChesney joining us. Appreciate you. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, five. And hey, the uh, remember, use the promo code Washington78 and support Savior on Washington up at CU. Uh, get yourself a body bag if you're a coach out there or if you're a fan, you want to donate it or, I don't know, you want to drill a hole in it and fuck it. It's your bag. I don't care. Just get one. Have a good day. Did you say drill a hole and jerk off in it? No, that's what you heard. Whoa, I said, whoa. <laughs> See, this is the problem, dog. I talk and you hear and he listens. And we got, this is, a, we got to talk about our communication, homie. My bad. I was cussing somebody out on TikTok. <laughs> See, we're all just chasing the laser pointer a different way. Yeah. All right, good. I got to go. Goodbye. Yeah, get fucked. Um, Matt McChesney. Eric Weddle's on later on uh, in about an hour. Eric Weddle will be on. Um, good time to take a little break, Smitty. I got a... Uh, he always wants to take a break, y'all. JB, you know, he old, he lazy. Hey, you don't got to take a break. I, you could you could run this shit. <laughs> no, we take a break, take a break, take a break, take a break. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, it's Eric Weddle. Mondays don't go nowhere. We're gonna break it down. AR five on the other side. Uh, Smitty's in love with them. I'm not so much in love with them. Week two, he's been hurt twice. We're gonna break in down that. We're gonna get into that one. Don't go nowhere. We got a lot of talk left to go. We got a lot of NFL. A lot of uh, media analysts out there right now demanding that the Blackburn kid at Colorado State be suspended for the rest of the year. That is just what Matt and I talked about. They, if Matt and a Colorado hard-up alum don't want him suspended, why should you? Come on. Hey, we're going to break that down on the other side, Big Smitty. We'll be back in five. Peace. Four. Where do you rank you and Chad as all-time, like, wide receiver duos? Because, like, I always say to you, TJ, like, you, you're such a down-to-earth person and, like, humble that I don't think you understand how, uh, like, great you were and are when it comes to, like, football royalty. Like, growing up, we – like, I mean, we watching the games, playing Madden. Like, we, we look at – we look at Chad. Like, we know who Chad is, but right there we like shit. But TJ, a bad motherfucker. Like, they both that same type of level in terms of a guy who you know you can – Make a big play, get a first down, and you guys together with just a great one-two punch. When you take a step back and look at, at, at your career, like I don't even care about the number, just like how great you two were. Like, where do you rank you guys as, as all-time duos? Wow, if and I'll try to be as uh, <laughs> effective <laughs> as possible here. Yeah. Um, just off the top of my head, when you say that, there's like four duos that just came straight to my mind. Right. Um, obviously, uh. Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. Right. Um, Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bowden. Yeah. Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt. Yeah. Uh, Chris then, Carter and Randy Moss, too. Right. But that was a little bit somewhat before us. 
Right. Sure wasn't true. like, but yeah, if you, you could go Rice, Taylor, Harper, Irvin. You yeah. could do all kind of shit, yeah. but it'd be for you though. But if you're gonna go in like the time frame we're playing, I mean, we were at worst, and, and even Fitzgerald and uh, Anquan, they came after us. Yeah. But I would say in the history of the game, we for sure got to be top ten. Mm. At, right now, top twelve. I'm, and a lot of it, Chad experienced success before I did, and, mm. and so I was hurt a lot. I just want to see him like, hold on, dog. We we get it. TCU is definitely not the team they were last year, and that's why I said they would probably be a three or four win team this year. Um, and I and I picked Colorado to win that game six months ago on this show. Um, are are you like fuck it? Let your nuts hang, Dion. Because to me, he can't go back. This is all in. He's got both feet in. He has to do it, and it's he's doing it his way. And I was on Whitlock's show yesterday, and he was asking me like, well, I I know damn well that these kids are probably going around. I go, no, you, you're wrong. I said, my best friend's on the staff. Cats are walking on eggshells around there, but still trust him to know he's getting him to where you could not get yourself. So, like, he's getting these kids to where they couldn't get themselves, but they also know he will cut my ass if I fuck around and fart in the wind and he smells it. So, like, he asked me, he goes, do you think they can sustain bringing in 60 new kids a year? And I go, that's what he's going to do. This is going to be NFL college at Colorado with prime because he's going to go through and say, Oh, you, you did this. Okay. We'll bring a new guy in. I'm curious right now, T rich on this prime thing so far. So good. Knock on wood. He has a lot. I have a lot of him and he's older than me. So I'm going to say, I have a lot of prime in me. I'm going to pay him the homage for that saying that. Cause he's older. He's 10 years older. I never had a kid arrested or thrown out of a four year when he, le when they left me so far, he hasn't either. I'm curious. If you think the coach me hard, love me harder scenario is going to work and continue to work at the four-year level like he's doing, and if that's going to bury the rest of these coaches, such as your own Nick Saban, is he worried about a prime getting the best kids in America to buy into a cat like us, an inner city man? Hey, I got a question, a lot of fa a fact that no one really knows, I don't think, and I remember this vividly. Um, so you leave Cerritos, you go to Oregon State. Chad leaves Santa Monica, go to Oregon State. Both y'all went one and done. Like, yeah, I realize Hey, cut you off. I do remember Nate Turner as well. Nate Turner was nice, bro. Oh, yeah. That was my wife. We had some dudes. That, so we so we battled all, you know, we bat, we didn't play you that year, but we played Santa Monica. They were our league, so we had to play Chad and Steve both years. Steve left the year before, but he played. What up, what up, what up? We're back, we're back, we're back. Um, I'm always back first. Uh, Smitty's over there bullshitting. We got a lot going on today. Um, Big Falk, shut up. We're tired of hearing your soft talk. Stop. This cat is a soft ass. Who is this guy? Look at how soft you look. Oh, fake ass, too short looking ass. <laughs> I can look like fake ass too short. Get your ass out of here, man, with your soft ass. Ain't nobody want to talk to that. Man, please. Uh, about time, JB, you switch it. Finally, an idea popped in your head or you stole it from another show. Weekly recap commercial. Just don't be lazy and play the same one over. Yeah, thanks a lot, producer. Um, I love the producer Smitty that jump on the show. They 
They don't contribute shit. He's not even a member, but he's a producer. <laughs> I said, I just joked in. You already going in. You caught somebody too. We got too short in the chat. We got people talking I mean, crazy. This, dude, this dude's so soft. He keep he's he keep talking about the hit on Shadur, man. Like I mean, on Hunter. Like well, no, nah, yeah, he was some of the hit on Shadur actually, the one that Buddy got ejected from. Uh, oh yeah, he hit him. So yeah, welcome to know. football. <laughs> I mean, listen, uh, I'll take on the on the Travis. Yeah. Was it dirty? Yes. Was I mad when I saw it at first? Yes. Am I a little biased because I'm rooting for the Buffs and Coach Prime? Yes. If I was out there on the field competing, would I do something differently? I mean, I don't, you know. I want to ask you this. Yeah. I want to play devil's advocate real quick before we get into some NFL and some other things I know we you had on the docket. I got to ask. Why do you why do you root for Prime and the Buffs? You never did before. I I root for Prime. Okay, but why? You never rooted him for him before. I'm not, I'm not saying Smitty. I'm not talking about Darnell yeah, Smith. Yeah. I'm talking about the world. Why are we now? I'm gonna be real with you, JB. I, I so I think we look at Coach Prime and we look at him. Yeah, as- this kid's on you too. Yeah, I, I, totally I don't me. know what bro. Yeah, I saw his comment. I don't know what he's talking about. Did I? I don't. Did I? Did I say anything about Buddy? I said I jumped on here and I see you was calling somebody too short. I ain't say nothing about this big head ass. Now I'm at the net. Big head ass. I'm like scared of your big head ass, hammerhead ass boy. And I'm like, like that's what I'm saying. Smitty, you weak. You don't know nothing about me, boy. <laughs> Stay where you at. Stay where you at. Because people talk shit on the comments. Don't say none in your face. You won't say it to my face if he saw me walking down Figueroa. And if he did, it would be problems. Anyway, like I said, the reason why people are supporting Coach Prime like this is he's a representation of the culture. And when I say culture, I'm saying he's a positive representation of a, a black man. A black man who takes care of his kids, take care of his family. He's somebody who, at least from a public standpoint, and what we've seen from we hear from the players, he actually cares about his players and he's doing it his way. He's not He's not having to switch up. He's not having to code switch and be somebody else just to fit in. He's always been himself from day one, whether you love it or hate it. And he's been successful every single step of the way. So the reason why he's getting so much support, is it, it, it's kind of inspirational for people who grow up in the hood, people who are, you know, uh, uh, just, you know, young black men and women to look up to somebody like this who's been who have been so successful at each part of their life, each area that they walked in, and it's a, it, it's kind of bringing us together, it's galvanizing a community. That's why I always say there's only one prime, not because there's not other good people who people could get behind. I'm just saying that he has a certain aura about him that galvanizes people, and it's not just black people; it's white people. It's I've seen all types of people getting behind Coach Prime, and I just think it's about the positive representation that he is as, as a leader and as a black man specifically. And obviously me specifically, like I'm a football fan. He's fucking Deion Sanders. So like, I mean, just <laughs> in the most simplest way possible, he, he's one of the greatest football players to ever lace them up. You know what I'm saying? So like you put two things together. I mean, it's, it's hard not, not to root for him. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's what it is. On, yeah, on, I, I, just, I don't like jumping on the bandwagon like this so fast because I've seen we've we've had op- other opportunities to jump on other folks bandwagons to elevate. And we never did. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was I was rude for him in Jackson State. Like, it wasn't like I, sw- I just jumped on now. He's at Jackson State. I'm not just saying him. I'm saying 
We've had guys that are big name guys take jobs before where we never backed them. Mm. Now we're backing a guy because the the time is right. It seems like all the pieces to the puzzle fit this particular time. It's just sometimes it's a it's it sometimes it's a it's a it's a perfect timing to do things sometimes it's not right like we've seen a lot of great ideas get shit that shit on because it wasn't the right timing it wasn't the right fit we've seen a lot of great coaches fail without backing support it just seems that we pick and choose where we go and who we pick and i just i that's why i don't want i'm never quick to jump on anyone's bandwagon right out the gate i want to see this thing matriculate i want to see it uh what do you need to see though like like for me what i'm saying is me personally i don't care they can lose the next three games i'm not gonna like jump off it's not for me it's not about wins or losses it's about supporting the overall culture rebuild and the. let let me ask you this how let let me ask you this here's the issue i have all right now i'm being devil's advocate here and i'm trying to get prime on the show and i've reached out and talked to two different people i've I've talked to i've talked to Dion. he's going to try to make it on and i've talked to his handler, who's a buddy of mine, plus my best friends on staff, plus I got two kids still there. Listen, we'll I think we can get them on. Here's the thing I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna say to them too, though. It's JUCO, like I said. This this is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about it. It is JUCO. Because when you bring in a lot of players, what I call mercenaries in this business, late, all right, you bring in mercenaries late. It's hard for you to understand. It's hard for you to even know who they are. I don't know if you saw the press conference. It was not a good look. I think it's being washed under the rug, which is probably good for him. Not good for the realists like myself who have a problem as a former coach that is about the kids like I am. He didn't know who the fucking center was. His center that snaps the ball to his own son. He had no clue who his name was. He didn't know who he was. Did you see that? I didn't see the clip. (laughs) So that is what I don't want to see unfold. And these guys say, all right, we lose one game. We lose two games. Y'all don't, you don't even know me, coach. Fuck all this. Cause you know, and I know Smitty, we are in a, what have you done for me lately business? Soon as some adversity hits, you're out of there. Now, are they going to blame Prime for not knowing who the center was? Or are they going to are they going to say, oh, this shit don't work. We lost two games because, you know, how quick people forget and how quick people remember. Like, it's unbelievable. We live in a now society, social media society where everything is in your in the tip of your fingers. I don't want it to unfold is the reason I don't want to jump on the bandwagon so early, because I got to ask you this, Smitty. If Prime leaves tomorrow and takes the job at the fucking Atlanta Falcons, what is going to be the narrative? What is going to be the backlash? Who's still going to be there? Who's going to support this? So I, I wanted to, I want him to stay. I want him to build. I wanted to see him do it for a while because he does have that it factor and he does have what it takes to maybe build a sustainable Alabama or a place like that. But will he in today's society when social media rules the world, will he take off for the next best thing in a year or two? I want to see it happen 
because I, I I don't know if I like the mercenary coach and player just moving around and, and rebuilding a place in a year. Because you can rebuild any place, by the way, Smitty. I told you there's a thousand primes. I also think you can build a thousand schools just like this. But you can do it every year. Prime can do it every year, I think. Prime can go to Toledo next year and do it. Then go to fucking Ball State one year and do it. He can do it all over. But is that quality? Is that good football? Is that what I want to see? No, I want to see him do this and make a school powerhouse and let others maybe say, all right, now let's stay and build other programs. Now we have a lot of good programs. I don't know if the mercenary approach, that is why I'm not jumping on the bandwagon. I want to see him build this thing because I am a believer in building this thing in overnight. Like I've said all the time, I said, I do believe he went. I told everybody he will win too. I said, the motherfucker's going to win. You can win overnight. Now everyone's like, no, no, no. Yeah, you can Look at, you can get players in overnight, dog. Texas State's doing it. Texas State's doing it. They got the second most. So I'm just saying, you can do it. But I want to see him sustain it, Smitty. I want to see him do it and do it for the real right reason and try to change the, the lives of these kids to where the kids see, all right, maybe it ain't hopping around. Maybe there is some tough skin to be learned. Maybe I do need to get cussed out and yelled at and not play right away and learn from something instead of jumping the portal. That's just what I want to see, because prime, prime is the guy that actually can instill that and get guys to stay without actually playing. They actually can learn, and that's what I need. I think we should see more of across the country. I hear you, man, and I guess time will tell. I mean, I don't see him leaving after one season or anything like that, so I, I mean, I don't think he's going he's gonna to be that type of year where he could just leave after one year, so I, I'm – I would have to assume he would at bare minimum be there for at least two to three at bare minimum. You know, nowadays he's so popular right now. I mean, he's on every commercial, like he's yep. blowing up on everything. Like you don't think there's administrators out there like, well, shit, Dion's got two things going for him. Let's keep it real. He's a brother that's known worldwide and he is winning. He is winning and he has an attraction about himself. That every administrator, and I'm be honest, he don't scare administrators. He don't cuss. Right. So he don't scare nobody. So guess what? Now everybody sees him. At first, they were probably scared of him because why? He was swagged out, a brother. Uh, you know, he had he had what what these folks might around him may call. Oh, he's a scary hood mentality. Like motherfuckers don't know. You know these administrators right. don't know. So they probably look at him that way. That's why he didn't get a job at Florida State, by the way. That's why he did not get another job after he left the Dallas charter school th debacle. But now he goes to Jackson State, works his way up. Now you're seeing what he's doing. Guess what? What have you done for me lately? Administrators are going to say, well, he don't cuss. He's not a threat. Uh, he kills social media, which Auburn did not hire him. Remember that reason? Yeah. Um, so now... Who comes knocking next year, Big Smitty? Does 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 who's who's shitty right now? Does, does who's in the league? Uh, does Florida? Does Florida not come after him after after he's they did beat Tennessee? Finally got a win. Where I it said was, I don't, it looked good. And I watched the game. It looked good, JB. It's different. Florida get one SEC win. But we'll we'll dive into that. We got a lot of time left on the show. We'll dive into that one. But does does somebody like that come knocking? And can you turn down that opportunity to stay at Colorado? Nah, I hear you, man. I don't know. Nah, that's a good point. And I, sometimes I guess we got to sit back and see. And that's why, like, like for me, I'm I'm admitting I'm not a Colorado fan. I'm a Coach Prime fan. I'm gonna support them until I'm. 
and tell you my reason not to support him. That's just who I am. I've been a fan as a, from a player standpoint for years before he was coaching, and I'm still a fan now just because, again, of everything I listed before. So we shall see. Uh, but, JB, I did want to move on, man. I, I, I had this segment, this kind of newer segment I wanted to bring. It's more of a quick hitter segment uh, that I want to try out today with you called But Why? So basically, I have a, a few things that I want to list that happened over the weekend. And I just want to ask you the simple question, JB, because you are the, the guy with the wisdom. You're the OG of the show. You bring different perspectives. So I want to list certain things that happened this weekend and then ask you, but why? Can we play that? Let's go. Let's do it. All right, my guy. So all right. The first one, man. So both the Chargers and the Bengals are both 0-2 right now. But why? Explain to us why, JB, from your perspective. Um, The Bengals, I don't think you can even – so Joe Burrow, if you watched the game yesterday, the third and fourth quarter, he started to look more like Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were down 24-3. They ended up losing 30-27, I believe. Um. Or was it 27-24? I don't know. They outscored the Ravens in the second half. They came all the way back. Burrow had like 38 yards in the first half. Again, I don't understand what's happening. How do you have three great receivers like that? They figured out, I got to get the ball to Mixon. Let me get the ball to Mixon. If we look at the history of this, Lamar Jackson dominates Joe Burrow. Lamar Jackson um, owns a head-to-head against Joe Burrow. Um, He does well against Joe Burrow early in the season. But what people forget, well, we'll talk about later because everybody wants to know why I haven't done a Lamar Jackson breakdown, but I always talk about Joe Burrow. Well, here's the reason why. I broke down Lamar Jackson for three and a half years on DV Sport on this show, but all you guys don't know that. And I'm tired of breaking down Lamar Jackson. I've already broke down Lamar Jackson, and Lamar Jackson hasn't changed. Burrow, I've broke down before as well. But I don't need to show Joe Burrow either because Joe Burrow has seemingly done this every year. Started off slow and then ends up being in the mix for a Super Bowl. Lamar starts off fast and falls off towards the end. Can this year be the one that switches the two? I don't know. We've already seen crazy two weeks. We don't know what's going to happen. But there's the reason why I haven't done that to all my TikTokers and everybody in the chat and Twitter and everybody that wants to know why. Number one. Number two, Burrow looks like he is very, very timid. He looks scared, and he looks like someone I haven't seen. I don't know why. I watched him specifically yesterday, and I'm like, why is he not stepping in the pocket reading, going through that read? And But he's, he's like, uh Throw it to Mixon. And I'm like, and he looks mechanically flawed. He doesn't, he's not getting his feet pointed in the right direction. He's not turning his hip. I'm like, I don't know if he's scared of an injury. I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know if his his heart's pumping Kool-Aid now after the injury. I don't know what's going on there. He does not look the same. But again, you don't play any preseason games. Don't practice for eight weeks. There's going to be some time here where we're going to have to see if he can get back in the rhythm. I, I expect that team to get back. I'm not worried yet. It's two weeks. I'm not worried. All right. I'm not ready to call Joe Burrow a fraud and he stole money and all the shit you see on social media. He got hurt again, though. So and we saw him after the game. We saw that video after the game. He was walking like, you know, back to the locker room. 
walking real just uh just like timidly you know what i'm saying like you could tell some type of pain it could have just been regular football pain i don't know i don't want to assume but did not look good what about now what about the Chargers now because I, I gave you two teams the Chargers are oh and two but um, why they are the chargers man i'm gonna be honest <laughs> let's be real the Bengals were the Bengals for a long long time right they sure the they Bengals were. have been the Bengals for a long long time they get joe burrow they get some talent in there they get a young energetic coach juco guy by the way they get and they change things and they're like oh shit we get to a super bowl we're, we're at the brink of going to another one last year uh with, with, with mahomes um in, in arrowhead the chargers get all this talent and they get this guy herbert and they pay him all this money and they get this analytical coach who's come in and goes for it on fourth down and da 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 they haven't been able to figure out that they're not the Chargers anymore. They 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 still think they're the same old Chargers. Where the Bengals came in with a mindset of this ain't the old Bengals. We're gonna switch it up. We're gonna be the new Bengals. Chargers are the same old bang- Chargers, and I, it's clear and evident. And you got this talented roster that should have loaded JB. And I'm you know I picked them to go with the AFC Championship, thirteen and four, win the AFC West. They ain't gonna be thirteen and four now. They lost two games already. So like. I'm just like perplexed. Now, granted, it was two like close games down to the wire. It wasn't like they're getting their ass beat. So these games could have easily flipped and went the other way. And I would say these are two like, I mean, the Dolphins look really good. So I, I mean, I, it's, it, that's not really a bad loss. The Titans, I think the Chargers should definitely win that game. But the Titans, they're not like a, a, a just a shitty team. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's a competitive team. Tannehill can have decent games. They got D Hob. They got. You know, big Henry in the backfield. So, like, that's still a, a, a very comparable team as well. Um, So, I, I haven't, like, lost hope. But I'm just saying, damn, like, 0-2 is tough. I saw some stat where it's like, I can't remember what the percentage is, but teams that start 0-2 usually don't even make the playoffs, typically. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, um, I don't know. It's definitely alarming. But, again, it's only two weeks. I'm not going to hop out the bandwagon yet. Um, Moving to I, college real quick. Um, I got some, in, you know, Dr. Morris sends me some good shit for Sunday's show and we we have it on this show for tomorrow when he pops in, but look at that shit. Sexy huh, on the ticker. Ooh. Okay. So, Anthony Richardson's out with the red X. Saquon Barkley out with red X. Eckler's out. Aaron Jones was out yesterday. Brees Hall played, only got four carries. You had to dump water on yourself. Everyone know out there don't know. Um, there was a lot of injuries. A lot of guys played. Devontae Adams is now out. That'll be updated tomorrow. Um, Hopkins played, had, I think, four for 65 or something, helped out. A lot of injuries, obviously. A lot of guys that are hurt. Um, now, for clarity, are these guys who were who was hurt this like yesterday or guys yep. who are out yep. for coming up next week? Uh, the yellow means 100% uncertainty. The, the red X means they were put on IR for some type of way. That means a lot of them um, – and then Dr. Morris will talk about it tomorrow. That okay, was out yesterday. Right. This was yesterday's red X's. There are some guys with red X's that are also four-week guys that are put on IR. See right here, IR says next to it? Yeah. Greg Dolchich is four weeks out because he's on IR. Got you, got so, you. Ooh, a lot oh, of it's, injuries. It's, it's interesting to say the least. Um, yeah, it definitely is, man. It definitely I is. We'll go back to your game, but I, here's my here was my picks yesterday on the show, and then Friday's show, the Raiders shit the bed at eight points, and they get waxed by 30. Um, 
Jags lost the games and the Texans lost. Uh, I won the Bucks. I actually won the Giants. The 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 Jets fucking shit the bed. The Dolphins I won. The Saints. The Browns are tonight. The Saints are tonight. I won that Falcons game against Green Bay. Came down to the wire. Uh, Jordan Love playing great. I won that Seahawks game. I lost that Bengals game. I ended up split 50-50. And uh, the Niners, dog. The Rams showed up. Um, but but I just wanted to go through some of our bets so so you could see. I was 50-50 on that shit yesterday. But, uh, all right, go ahead. Back, but why? Chargers are charging. Again, they're scaring me, dog. I think they're going to be another team that misses the playoffs, and you're going to fire that guy. I, I'm surprised that Staley got on the plane yesterday. And you see, we showed that video earlier. We see why he's uh, on edge a little bit. I think he knows that he's under a uh, hot seat and uh, or he's sitting on a hot seat. And if they don't win this season and make a playoff run, it's a wrap for him. So bad start, but we shall see. Um, I want to move to college, though, real quick, man. So Alabama, they won their game against USF. But why did they struggle so much? Like, please break that. Hey, hey wait, Eric, Eric the Rich. The Falcons was minus one and a half, slapdick, not two and a half. I won that one. I got paid for it, so I know I won it. Slap. Okay, go ahead. What? <laughs> Moving to college. Alabama won their game against USF. But why did they struggle? No quarterback. Uh Adapt or die. I don't know if they. I don't know if he's gonna. I don't know if he's adapting. Um, he's on McAfee on Thursdays now. I'm sure he's gonna talk about it. Um, so you blame. So right now, I mean, let's stay on this topic a little a little longer because I think there's a lot here, man. Like Bama struggles again. Obviously, they lost the previous week to Texas. We know, and they, we thought they would bounce back this week. They benched their their uh, mill roll. They end up starting their backup quarterback. That guy gets benched. They bring up the third string guy. Now Nick Saban saying, you know, we're going to evaluate throughout the week and decide who will be the quarterback before the game. This is crazy, especially for an Alabama team that's led by Nick Saban. Uh, just not knowing who's your starter. That's to me, that's a that's a recruiting issue. That's a head coaching issue. That's a development issue. And I just didn't think I would see this with Alabama. If you were the head coach, like. Based upon what you've seen, what do you think they should do at the quarterback position? Like, who would you would you just put Milro there because he's the best athlete and just and just run the ball heavily, run the ball thirty times with your, with your running back, run it fifteen times, twenty times with him, and just do it that way? Or would you roll the dice and take a chance with one of these uh, backup quarterbacks who we saw against USF who didn't look that good? Let me ask you this. Let me let me give you a little insight. I talked to a buddy of mine that that coaches um, somewhere. Very close to Alabama. <laughs> I'll say it like that. The rumor is that Milrose is a good fake ass good boy. Mm. I can't wait for Thursday with Trent Richardson because this kid reaches out to T Rich all the time. And T Rich had a story to tell us and said the kid came out and was acting what to do and blah blah blah. I'm gonna ask T Rich, did he get did T Rich get duped by a fake ass good boy? Because what I'm hearing is that Milrose did not go after they lost to Texas. He left the stadium field, did not go to the meeting to hear Saban talk to address the team, left the locker room, 
That is one of the reasons Saban did not play him and or start him uh, yet Saturday. Is that spiraling out of control? Is the transfer portal a bunch of mercenaries, which I just led the show off with, starting to affect culture at places that require structure and culture like Alabama? Is it affecting guys like Saban and Alabama a lot more than you think? I think it is. I said it yet last year. I've never seen nine kids at Alabama have issues like they've had, especially like arrest and, uh, you know, criminal activities. You don't see it. And if you do see it, Saban's cutting you like a New York minute. He's cutting your ass. Bam, you're out of there. I think the, 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 the new landscape, like we say, adapt or die, Smitty, I think it's affecting them, and I think the number one reason is you don't have a quarterback, and if you're playing three, you don't have one. Trust me. Yeah. So they got a problem there, and I, I'm just looking at the team, Smitty. I, they're going to struggle, dog. I think Alabama's going to struggle quite a bit this year. I don't think they, they, they're going to go. I think they struggle and possibly lose this week to Ole Miss, who can score points. Yeah, so, man, I agree. It's kind of scary, man. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, we, we know how great Nick Saban is. Like, if he retired today, he's already, like, solidified as, as, as one of the greatest, you know what I'm saying, coaches of all time. So, like, he's already stamped. But all great runs do come to an end. I'm not saying this is the end right now. I want to put that out there. But just with everything you're saying, with the way the times have changed, the way recruiting has changed, the way – with NIL dollars, the way other teams can just get players like this as well. Like Alabama no longer just has that advantage that they once had for so long where all the top players wanted to go to Alabama because they were just so dominant. Now you've been losing last few years. You're not you're not the number one team. So it's like, all right, if I'm a number one recruit, I'm like, yeah, Bama's still good, but they're not better than Georgia right now. They're not better than this team. So it's like, all right, so so you missed you missed that box. Next box is like, all right, well, shit. I mean. Saving like a hell of a coach, but you know, he, he he's kind of mean or he's kind of like he's kind of hard on me. Let me go to this, you know, softer coach or what you know, what I mean, uh, at least perceptionally, it's like, okay, let me do that. Or shoot, let me go to Colorado, Coach Prom. They, they on national TV, they on college game day, they on big noon, they on like they popping, they got rappers pulling up there. That's cool over there. So now all these things are kind of working against Alabama. The thing that they once held on to so strong is being one of the top like recruiting schools i don't think they're holding on to that as much uh as much as they once did and now it's affecting their win and loss column and uh man i don't know we'll see teams that are struggling clemson struggling to adapt and they're dying oklahoma state struggling to adapt and they're dying michigan state did a lot of transfer portal a few years ago they got a whole issue they got a whole another issue going yeah, it's on a little different yeah now they're dying right washington went in there and molly whopped them there's schools that refuse to adapt and have the old school mentality and they're dying and see you know me i'm gonna stay to my word and stick to that that whole thing but there's another way there's other ways and nobody's doing them. And that's why I'll keep it to myself, but there's another way. And only reason I'll keep it to myself is if I ever do go back and coach, I'm yeah. going to use that way. And I'm going to be the, 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 the shocker that everyone's going to say, Oh shit. Because I know for a fact, you can still do it this way. 
And I'm curious to try it if I ever get that shot. But there's another way. The problem is going to be is if it's not in the next few years, I think college football that as we know it is going to be over with. High school football will be unrecruitable and JUCO will have imploded by then. So now you're going to only have a portal to recruit from. And it's basically cows eating other cows. <laughs> and that's something we don't want to see. And that's what's going to happen. So I don't know. That's just what my take is. But it's going to be interesting to see. Because Oklahoma State got molly by fucking South Alabama. Crazy, right? Like, <laughs> I like that's my point to you that we always argue with. You say it's parody. I got to be honest. Everybody that tweets me and says, I love the parody. It's not yeah, parody. <laughs> I don't see parody. Because if it was parody, Smitty, I got to ask you. If it was parody, then it would be a good product every game we turn on. It's not. It's not. It's not parody. It's watered down. When only one game, Colorado, Colorado State, was legitimately watchable game that I watched on Saturday. Now, mind you, the schedule's going to heat up. Colorado's going to go to Oregon, SC. We're going to get some interconference. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. But, <laughs> that's also dying. If you're looking at this thing in a macro version, it's dead. Like we, like, like, we got Notre Dame, Ohio State this Saturday. That's yeah, going to be a hell of a game. But, yeah, but there's no more rivalry, Smitty. If you look at it macro-wise, in two years from now, you're not going to even have these games. You're not going to see Oregon playing USC. It's going to be – this isn't – it's going to be over. That's why I'm like, what is it turning into? Like, we're not even going to have – we're going to have Cal playing on the East Coast versus fucking Virginia? <laughs> what? So, like, it's a whole nother ball game. This is a whole nother ball game. It's it's it is what it is. It's it's now become some other sport. I don't know what it is. It's business. I, I guess I it's just create, money. I think they're gonna create new rivalries though. And yeah, we might but I mean, it's gonna be around. It ain't gonna happen overnight. It's gonna take of years. Not. Of, of, of course, but I can see Notre Dame and Ohio State becoming a fucking big game yearly. I know I can see I, that. I, I don't. I don't. You know why? Because what wow. we already discussed. What we already discussed, many, and what you agreed with is why it will not happen. It's mercenaries. You're going to have new players every semester. How can you build a rivalry? How can you build a new rivalry? You can't. Yeah, but, but JB, I, I still think, I think we're over, like, overdoing the travel portal a little bit because, like, the, the nucleus of the team that the guys who are actually playing, for the most part, you're not going to see them just, like, fucking, you're talking like it's a new hundred guys every single and it's like that's not that's not realistically the case. It's like the guys who are not playing, who are backups, who are second, third string guys, or not getting the reps that they think they'll leave. But the the starting running back, the starting quarterback, the starting wide receivers, the starting O line, the starting defensive line, the very heavily rotational backup defensive linemen, those guys are going to stay. Like yeah, yeah, I, I don't think the the churn portal is offended to the level that to to where to where you're saying. So there's still going to be some culture that's built. Fact right now, I'm reading. The, I'm gonna read you this. Break it down, please. 90% of Saturday night's Colorado versus Colorado State's game. So on the that field, one, that, on. that yeah, that one game. Well, hold on. Before you even finish that, JB, that that is an outlier. Coach Prime just got there. He brought everybody. I guarantee next year he will not have as many transfers next year as he had this year. I guarantee point. it. 
Not my point. All right, continue. My, my point ball. is Colorado, Colorado State, 90% of those players on that field did not know each other prior to that game Saturday night. That is not just an outlier. That's happening across the country, Smitty. Auburn and Alabama, Georgia and Georgia Tech. Those used to be rivalries because the players from the state of Georgia were recruited by those two particular programs, which is no longer a thing. Colorado and Colorado State are not recruiting Colorado kids. There is no more. I'm just telling you, dog. No one else will say it. I'm telling you, this is mercenaries. They're but I don't not- think that's the only thing that creates a rivalry, though. I don't think that's the only way. I don't. I, I hear you, but I don't think the only way a rivalry is created is by the the local no, no. that are there. A new rivalry will be created. I said it can't happen. It cannot happen because the only reason the Colorado Colorado State was a rivalry, Smitty, is because of the jerseys they wore for a hundred years. Had nothing to do with those players. They didn't even know each other. The right. coaches yeah. had the right. So how are you going to build a new rivalry at Ohio State and uh, Notre Dame when everyone there is transfers? No one gives a shit about the state of Ohio or Indiana, and no one cares about the rivalry. They weren't recruited by the same coaches or programs. You are grabbing kids that already signed at Alabama and left and went into the portal. So how are you going to build a new rivalry? It ain't going to happen. To me, rivalry comes from a player standpoint. I, I What you're saying makes sense. I'm not even really arguing with you. I'm going to give you another perspective. To me, a rivalry stems from repetitive, competitive matchups year in and year out. So if I'm Ohio State and I'm Notre Dame, and let's say this Saturday they have a legendary, let's say this shit goes to another double overtime game. It's a, it's sold out. No, it's on, I think it's at, it's at North, South Bend, so it's going to be fucking – Fans everywhere. It might be a whiteout. It's going to be a hostile environment. It's going to be wild. They have an amazing game. Go down to the wire. Notre Dame pull, pulls pulls it off, wins by a field goal, game winner. They storm the field, whatever. Next year, they play again. This time, they're at Ohio State. Ohio State pays pays them back. Big time game again. They're, they're at Ohio State. Big time win. Ohio State comes back. They win. Boom. Now, it's like, all right, the last two years, y'all, this game has been amazing. It's been the game of the year, game of the week. It's been competitiveness, NFL players on both sides. Now the media is going to get behind them like, hey, man, we got to push this shit. And the media plays a huge role in how people perceive and the interest level behind certain teams and certain games. Now you got college game day. You got Big Noon. They're pulling up. And now there's hype all throughout the week. Interviewers, media is asking coaches about the week. Well, last year, you know, Notre Dame, they, they, they beat you. How you feel about this year? Players are giving sound bites, social media. So I'm saying with all the, the, the noise around it, you're able to build it up and create these quote-unquote new rivalries, even without the long, you know, history that we're so used to seeing other big-time rivalries is what I'm saying. I remember at Ball State, um, my first two years, playing against Northern Illinois, NIU, we were the best two teams in the MAC my first two years, 2012-2013. The one team we could not get over the hump was NIU. And NIU wasn't our actual main long history, uh, historically rivalry. It was Miami of Ohio. But Miami of Ohio wasn't good at the time. So we, we, we didn't care about them. The team we cared about was NIU. And they cared about us because they knew we were the other best team in the MAC. So every time we played, crazy crowd, 
uh, hard-hitting, physical trash-talking. It was always just that competitiveness because of the greatness that both sides had. So to me, when great teams play against each other, year after year after year, naturally you will create this, this, this rivalry even without playing against each other for 50, 60 years. To me, it sounds crazy. It sounds far-fetched, dog, because there's no rivalry going to be created in a year or two. Just not I mean, happen. think about basketball. Like, for the five-year stretch, it was the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors. Those two teams never had a rivalry ever. We never cared about that ever. But during that stretch, yes, that, that was a rivalry because you got two great teams that keep seeing each other in the finals every single year. And every I still don't year. think it's a rivalry. Because I don't, I wouldn't call it a rivalry. It's not the Celtics Lakers. It, of it's of not, course it's, not. But I'm saying during that run, motherfucker, it was serious. Like it, it was because they yeah, kept seeing each other. That so, that's what. But that's what this is turning into. And it ain't gonna happen as fast like you just said because those players were paid on a contract to stay a, a, a lot of amount of years. You're gonna see this turnover every single semester. How are you going to create a rivalry when you have new players every semester? I just don't see it. But, I'm but it, JB, the nucleus of these teams aren't just leaving like that. What? Yeah. JB, so you're telling me, so next year. Hey, Arizona State a whole new roster. So you're telling me next year we should expect Notre Dame to have a whole complete a new starting lineup down there on defense and offense. Especially after what Prime's done, yes. All right, we'll see. I mean, I, again, I can't say you're wrong because I ha we, we got to wait. I just don't see if I'm a sophomore or junior and I'm starting for Notre Dame right now. I'm starting right now this year. Why am I just going to open this leave just, just for no like for literally no just leave? I, because, I just don't understand because because guys are leaving who are not playing because you're about to get replaced. What do you mean? <laughs> Do you think oh, no. that Notre Dame's going to sit around and let Prime grab every player in the portal and start to dominate? Or are they going to start grabbing portal kids too? Hold but on. They had, they're already – I'm saying – you know them as an example. I'm already already got top-tier player. I'm already a top-10 team. It's not like I got shitty players. And, like, I don't I don't understand what you're saying. That's not my point. You're talking about one team. You're telling me you're going to create I'm Notre Dame. I'm using that as the example, but I, I can oh, – Any team. Any team. I can do – I can go – you're oh, talking as the, the way no no the way you're talking, JB, is as if literally, like literally teams are having a brand new fucking team every single year. And I think I think the Colorado situation is a unique scenario. The Texas State situation is a unique scenario. Why they're bringing bringing in brand new coaches to shitty organizations who have low quality players, respectfully. So of course, if I'm Coach Prom and Colorado's one one and eleven, I'm bringing in a whole new fucking team. But that don't mean next year I'm gonna have to bring a whole nother new team in and a whole nother like like at some point it's like all right, I I got Dylan Edwards who's a fucking true freshman. He's a baller. He's gonna be with me again next year. He, I'm not gonna replace my running back because I got my running back. If Sh Shador is a what I don't know what year he is. If, if Shador was a sophomore hypothetically, I don't know what he is right now. I don't need another quarterback next year. Shadur is coming back. So my point is, like, if well, you so are, you're, you're not going to be your quarterback. <laughs> huh? You don't get how coaching works, homie. How are you not going to recruit a quarterback because you think you got one guy in your roster? I didn't say you I'm not, not going to recruit him. When I was at Ball State, they were recruiting three techniques, but I, I didn't, I'm still the guy. 
Like, I'm still it's a guy. Not good, like, more, though. It's not working that way no more. You're recruiting to replace now. This is a mercenary game. This is recruit to replace. It's not recruit to be my homie. Like, Deion's re recruiting to replace everyone every year. So did Arizona State, Texas State. So is Florida State. Florida State has 70 transfers in the last two years. Guess who? Guess what? They're considered one of the best teams in the country right now, aren't they? So I'm trying to figure out. You think, let's be hypothetical. Dion goes, and let's say Dion goes undefeated this year. Let's just say he goes undefeated and goes to the natty, and everybody's like, holy shit. You don't think everyone's going to do what Dion just did? Like, you don't think everyone's going to go try to do it? Come on, man. JB, hey, you always try to... I feel like I'm not explaining myself the right way. That's why you don't you're not understanding me. Like, you always try to get the best players to your team. That's always been like that before trying to like so I'm not I'm not saying that. I guess what I'm saying is if, if I if I'm an established team and I already like and I already have an established group of like players here that aren't that, that aren't seniors, that, that they're not all seniors, sophomores or juniors. If I'm a Georgia team, I got a, a list of sophomores and juniors who are four and five star guys who are starting for me right now. Yes, when the all season comes, I'm still recruiting, of course. You never wait. You you're still recruiting and trying to bring on great talent. But Georgia's not going to have an entire new fucking O-line, entire new D-line, entire new wide receiver crew, an entire new DB crew, an entire new like next year. If 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 we're already fucking successful and we're already we're like we're in the playoffs we, and we're winning we, the we shall see. Only time's gonna tell on this I, one. That doesn't make sense to me, JB. Like, hey, if if, 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 if I'm SC and I got Kayla Williams right now, hey, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to replace Kayla Williams. We got Weddle in the building. Let's move on to this. Let's get to that after that. Uh, I, I but to your point, I think only time will tell because it depends on how good Dion does in Colorado because you know it's a trend fashion. Everybody will do it. Um, we got a video, Smitty. We got a video we got to bump out for our main man, T-Dub. Ready to transform you in the I hate a storm, hell Mary's, I make it poor. Good I ain't lying, you little giants, we been defying. Rice. What's the cost? Be the boss, breaking down the walls. We all in once the coin gets tossed. Got the plan of action, never acting. Don't need to scramble to get traction. We make it happen. From three fours to four threes, we get it cracking. Woo, it's Eric Weddle Monday, Smitty. Uh, uh, let's bring him in. E Dub in the building. What up? E Dub, what's good, my guy? What's like good? It. What's good? What's good? You guys are always going at it, and that's why I love this show, man. Love it. Hey, 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 before we forget, E Dub, I gotta ask you. I know last week we talked. You were like, remind me to tell you about a turf story, because I know uh, Dr. Morse we have on every Tuesday. He's got a hell of a lineup tomorrow with all these injuries. Um, where's your? What is your take before we get started? Right out with a banger. What's your take on this turf thing? Uh, are you with the turf? Against the turf? I've heard. Uh, Right, I've had I've had Bernard Pollard on the show, and he's like, "Man, it ain't the damn turf." And then I've had like Matt and 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 and, and T.J. Ward is like, "It's the turf." Rashad yeah. Jennings said it's the turf. Um, where you at? <clears throat> I mean, I know where I know where Bernard's coming from because he's you know he he was in you know even in my era before me, banger uh, did it the right way. So I, I can see his point of view. I, I know for a fact 
the turf has an effect of of pain of your joint issues the impact of your body on the turf is much more intense than it is on grass i mean that that's just that's just factual uh you know i i never i never even played on turf until you know i got to college and then that was only once a week and and then you get to the nfl majority of the stadiums at the time were uh were grass and you practice on grass you're not practicing on turf and then now these stadiums are going to turf and i'll give you two quick stories one quick story about uh you know when i went back to the rams after two years uh you know, three of the four playoff games were played on turf. In each of those games, I had a soft tissue injury where uh, I either pulled a hamstring or a groin in those three games. The only game that I got through it and played without any pain or any residual effects from playing on turf was in Tampa where we played on grass. And, you know, mind you, that that could be because, you know, I hadn't been training, I hadn't been running, but for me to get through an entire game with no soft tissue injury, uh, one of the four games uh, shows you a lot of just a normal dude uh, coming off the streets, let alone a guy who'd been training for year round to go play. So, I mean, I would have days after a game on turf where I couldn't move, you know, even in my prime where I was feeling good, the top tip shop shape I've ever been in, I couldn't move for days. Even after I bath, huh? Even after all that, just because of the joint pain, the injuries you get uh, from playing on that hard stuff. I mean, I even got I even got MRSA in my elbow from the turf. Yep. Because of all the crazy stuff that gets piled the cherry up in there. Burns, right? The cherries and the yes. infection and staff. Yeah. So uh, if a player says they prefer turf, they're blatantly lying or they're lying to the public because. I, I don't think there's one dude that would say they'd rather play on turf than grass. Now, mind you, the training has changed. The nutrition has changed. The workouts have changed. The accountability of getting your body right and working out and rehabbing has changed. So that does have an effect on it. It's not just the turf, but uh, the turf does. It, it's not good for the players. The bottom line, it's not good. Yeah, I respect that for sure, man. Uh Anyway, we, we got to bring up a previous topic that we was talking about earlier today from the Colorado-Colorado State game. Everyone's upset about the, uh, I guess, the dirty hit on Travis Hunter from the Colorado State safety. You were one of the hardest-hitting safeties when you played the game. I got to ask you from your perspective, um, just what, what's your opinion on the hit? Was it dirty? Was it wrong? Um, just your, your true perspective from, from a player standpoint. Oh, of course it was dirty. <laughs> I mean, uh, first, first I want to say, I want to say about what Dion's doing and you guys have mentioned it and talked about it. And it's so true that if you're not evolving as a program and as a head coach and coming up with the times with the new era of kids, you're going to get so far left behind, uh, that it's proof. I mean, the, the job that he's doing, the belief, the, the instill of confidence that he's done with his players is remarkable. Uh, you, you can't deny what he's doing and just how the kids gravitate towards him uh, and play for him is is pretty awesome. Now, 
you're going to get in situations, I think is a perfect example of that hit where you're going to get kids who aren't adults who uh, don't understand the, to how to navigate that line of pushing the limits of physicality, pushing the limits of we're going to stand up and then making it a dirty play or taking it too far. I mean, that game was hard to watch with all the penalties and uh, the personal fouls and just the, the it, it wasn't good football. Quite honestly, it wasn't it wasn't fun to watch. It wasn't as a football fan. It was it took too much away from the game instead of the player. You know, the players, everything was best game by far. Huh? Yeah. I mean, it it was so much of, you know, you're going to get that. I mean, I get that at the high school level. Everyone's out to get uh, Coach Weddle, not the RB Broncos. I mean, I I, so I, I totally get that. I think. To minimize that, you you put it back on the players, which he does. But when you make it so personal, as as they do at times, you're going to get kids that go the extra mile, and that was that's what happened on that play. It's dirty. It's it's wrong. It should never happen in the game. And you're hoping that the uh, the hunter kid is okay and he and he gets back quick. But there's not there's no need for that within the lines of the game. You want to play to the whistle. You want to play within the the rules of the game. You want to respect the game. I respect your opponent. Uh, I've always been that way. So seeing that was, was always hard, but again, when you make it us against the world type attitude and make it personal, like they say, you may have some instances like that. Hell yeah. I like, it. I, how'd you guys fare Friday, man? We dropped it, uh, dropped a tough one. 23, six. Really? Uh, yeah. Tory pines, you know, it's, it's tough for, you know, the biggest takeaway is when you, when you, when you get hit when you get hit in the mouth and you don't hit back, it's, it's hard. It's, it's hard when, when you've been in that situation, you've been in, been in a fight growing up and a little kid and you get knocked down, do you get back up the next day and go find out, find that guy and go fight him again and fight him again. And yeah. when you, when you play against a bully and you don't stand up to the bully, it could be a long night. So our, our boys, Three and two. Yep. We learned a lot and the boys fought, but, uh, you know, we, we didn't, we had too many MEs, just too many uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic things that happened in that game. So 23, six, we'll battle back. We got to buy much needed buy, and we got league play coming up. NFL wise, uh, Smitty, I know you, Smitty want to ask you too. I got some NFL talk. I know that the, the week one, Erlacher said, Erlacher is going to be on from um, Fridays now too. That's I, so I, I know we've had like, uh, you know, I blasted the NFL this first week. I'm like, God, this is bad football. The quarterback plays bad. Football's bad. College, everything's bad. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Yesterday, first half anyways, it was bad. Second half, we had two overtime games. We had some, we had some, we had some better it looked like we had some better games. Uh, do you think that, you know, week six of the preseason's looking better, or do you think it's starting to become NFL season week number three headed into it? <laughs> uh, you, you know, there's there's some some surprises of, of last week. And, mm. I mean, who would have thought the way the Lions played uh, week one that they would come back, even though they played, but defensively, and Seattle's a good team, and I think it was an anomaly that week one for whatever reason. They just don't play good against the Rams. Uh, but they came back, and, man, credit to uh, old Pete up there and, and getting those guys ready to go against a really good Lions team. 
in their place. That that was good football right there. And then you, you come back to, you know, the, you know the Colts game with a, a AR five playing well, and then then he goes down, and then the the backup comes in. And there's no drop off. He may honestly he probably played better in the passing game just because Mishu just throws the ball and, and gets it out, and runs around. And so a lot of different headlines, a lot of different uh, football plays and playing that did was was better than than the previous week. And do I think it to to continue to on an upward trend? Yeah, I mean when you don't play all preseason and you know the way things are structured in the NFL, it's going to take some time. But you have great players. Great players are going to play great eventually, and the, the product should get better, which you could kind of see. 100%, man. Now, I got to ask you about uh, your Rams. Uh, they, they lost a close one. It was a 30-23 to 23, uh, against the Niners, which is actually extending the regular season win streaks. I think nine consecutive regular season wins uh, the Niners have had over the Rams. I want to ask you, man, because it, it means I mean, we've talked about this before, where it seems like certain teams have, like, certain, like, leverage or whatever over other teams. Like, the Rams tend to beat the Seahawks, if I'm not mistaken, um, the Niners, for whatever reason, tend to beat the Rams. And it's like all these weird, like, matchups. What is it about the Niners to where they, for whatever reason, they have some type of leg up against the Rams from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, shoot, before, you know, I got there in 2019 and that started the run that they're on. And we lost two close ones, man, like. Man, we needed a win in Frisco week six, 15 uh to keep our playoff hopes live and it's just like two crazy things we had fourth and 20 and we got we got the receiver doubled in our rookie safety just played outside on a corner post nod and gives it up and then they go down and get a field goal and it's just like those little things that have a trickle down effect that mentally as mentally tough as you can be uh those creep in especially if you haven't beaten someone in years outside of the playoff win that we got them i mean it's it's tough sled. Now we'll we'll say this about that game yesterday. Uh you take away that tip pick in the in the was it in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they had all the momentum. They were in field goal range. Uh that turned the tide. And when you're not beating haven't beaten the team in a long time, it always seems like those plays, the ball bounces their way to sway the momentum. Crazy. Uh to make it, and then the game was over at that point. They had no I rhythm. That ball by the running back. He threw. He he, he threw it to the right back. to his hands. Yeah, Drop. yeah. It went right to his hands into the Niners player, and you're just like Stafford. You're just like, oh my. Hey, he does. What you at when I say like, I wasn't a proponent of AR five starting this year. I said without Taylor, he's going to get killed. Right now, he's on IR with a concussion. He's been hurt two weeks in a row. I think he's athletic, as gifted as anybody. Lamar Jackson esque. Uh, my boy coached him and recruited him to Florida. He's going to come on the show next week and talk about him and Lamar. I think he's done well within Shane Sykin system and everything like that. But without Taylor, without the at least illusion to 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 sell a fake and run some p- play action and shit like that to keep some guys off him, they're going to load the box and tell him to throw and beat me with the with your arm, which I don't know if he's capable of doing yet. So. I said Minshew should have been the starter from jump. Me and Smitty argued about it. Do you agree to this point, though? The drop-off. Let's say you 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 named AR5 the starter. You brought Minshew in. I've talked about the Dak Prescott to the Cooper Rush layoff. I've talked about all these quarterbacks. Taylor <laughs> Heineke. Taylor Heineke went 5-1. and one. 
how 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 crazy am I though when the drop off from starter to backup is really not a drop off anymore like it once used to be when you played when I played. Dan Marino goes out, we're like, oh shit! Like there's nobody coming nowadays. It ain't that scary no more. Like these guys can can be efficient, and you're seeing it with the, the with the with the men's shoes, with the Cooper rushes, with with Geno Smith getting his start. Um, it's not really a fall off, Edub. I'm just telling you. I mean, there there is some validity to that. Uh, I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say, uh, you know, some of those situations. You're right. Uh, I mean, me personally, if I have a guy like AR five and we draft him fourth overall, I want him in there because uh, <laughs> sell tickets number one. Yeah, I mean, but but as a young guy on that team, like. Minshew is a solid player, but he's not the guy. And we all know that as players. So, yeah, he can give us a run. He'll give us three, four games. But defense is always catch up to those backups. That's that's just the reality. They're going to have a little spur of the moment. They'll have a couple good games. But reality is that if you're not building around the future, I'm going to ride with whoever we got. But I'd rather see and get that experience going. But on the flip side, careers can be shattered. Uh, because they get thrown in too early. I mean, look at Zach Wilson right now. I mean, as much as we are trying to pull for him, he is not very good, and he's killing that team with these interceptions. And would it have been better if he sat for a year or maybe two years? A hundred percent. Looking at his situation, look at now, Jordan. Yeah. Look at he looks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So every player is different, though, man. Like yeah. I can't compare Zach Wilson to AR Five. I don't know his mental makeup. I don't. You know what I'm saying? So like. I, it, every situation is his own entity, so I don't want to use Zach Wood's situation. Uh, and I'm speaking to JB, obviously, to to use that to say, see, AR five because AR five is looking good. His main issue right now, he has to learn how to slide and avoid big hits. Point blank, period. That's what he has to learn, and he's learned that quick. Was other than was, that, he's looking good in the system, though. Like, was, the, was the hit uh, like did he fall on his back and his head hit, or did yeah. he get hit? Yeah. His head hit the turf. So, like, he was running in. He actually scored on the play. He kind of pulled up. I, I don't know if he didn't see the corner coming or he just assumed he Oh, he's the one where hit. he trucked him in the end zone? Yeah. And he, and he I, Why ball, even he take that shot? Why even take that shot? Yeah, he didn't oh, have to. He could have avoided it. He just wanted to. He pulled up kind of. So, I don't it know. Was all, it was almost like he was like, come on, come on, come and get this. And then he was right there and he's like, oh, I got to give him the business right now. And then he kind of got blasted. I'm like. Yeah. No, no, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. Uh, right. So, I, yeah, I think every situation is different. Uh, and for me, it, a guy like AR5 who's going to run the ball, who is not going to be predicated around sitting in the pocket and throwing on time, like we know that's the type of offense we're going to play. Let's get him in there and let's see what he can do, right? Yeah. And uh, hey, Let me ask you this, though, both of you guys, yeah. because you guys, I know you're high on AR5 and all this. When, when, I, I just want to know, like, when did, when did a running back become the quarterback? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure it out because without Jonathan Taylor, AR5 is going to die. I'm just telling you right I'm, now. Listen, I'm with you. I'm, I agree with what you're saying. I, I agree. Now, you, what other options you got, coach? What, what other options well, you got? Taylor? You well, that's it. number one. Number two, Jonathan Taylor, he's not playing the, he got two more weeks. He's not playing. After that, I don't know. I I, th I think John Taylor gonna suit up. I saw a post the other day. John Taylor working. I think he's gonna play. 
That's my opinion. That's my inside scoop being from the city. I could be wrong, but from what I'm hearing, there's a good chance John Taylor might just end up buying a bullet in the plan. So we well, shall see number one. EW, you can attest to this. Winning does cure a lot. So if they do win another game or two, maybe Jonathan Taylor wants to come back and be part of that. Who knows? But I don't see him. I don't see AR5 learning as weeks you're, go. You're we, agree. I, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah, he, He's like, not going to progress as a quarterback. Playing this style of football when he's got so much on his shoulders. I, I I agree. And that's that is the reality of the situation that he's in. But if you're the Colts and you're the head coach and you're this organization, do you want to go put a garden Minshew out there? Or do you want to just ride with AR5 and and let him learn and grow? And hopefully over time, over two, three years, you get a Jalen Hurts that takes the time in the offseason that really applies himself and works on the fundamentals of the, of the quarterback position. But even then, like, it's hard, man. It's hard to be, let alone a top quarterback in this league or just an, a high-level position player. I mean, it's it takes a lot, and you're going to have your ups and downs. Was I the same player in my first three years in the league than I was my latter half of my career? Like, of course not. And you And you learn of those experiences, but you can't learn if you're not out there playing. And the only reason I say this to Smitty, because like E-Dub, like I don't ever wish any of these cats to get hurt. I want to see with the bag, all that shit. I've, I've coached these kids my whole life. The issue I have is this, what no one wants to talk about. They don't ever look at the big picture of this thing. The kid gets hurt, and he's nobody anymore. No one's going to care. They're going to shit on him and throw him to the wayside. Nobody cares about this kid. They're going to say, oh, Jonathan Taylor didn't come. He should never have played. Minshew should have started. All the bullshit, the after effect, right? So I just want to avoid that because if the kid gets hurt and he's never the same, we're going to be talking about, oh, uh, the Colts screwed the kid. They should have never For played sure. him and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Well, which one is it, Smitty? But is we play, listen, we play football. We play football. I remember sign, I remember in college during camp, if I'm not mistaken, we had to sign, like, papers that said something along the lines that, like, we know this, this thing could possibly end in, in, in severe injury or, or worse. Like, I, like, we know that. This is football. It is what it is. So, like, when you sign to put that helmet on and those pads on, any given Sunday, unfortunately, we could get severely hurt. We don't wish it on nobody, but it can happen. Whether I'm a rookie, whether I'm a 10-year vet, it can happen. And we, you saw, we saw Alex Smith have one of the worst injuries possible, and it was horrible to see. And I was so glad he was able to come back and please, at least play a little bit. But and he was a vet. Like, stuff just happens. So, like, at the end of the day, like Weddle just said, the best teacher, the best way to learn is to go out on the field. I don't know anybody – who learned something and became great at it by sitting back. I would not become great at, at being a host and, and being on a show if I never got the chance to be on the show. <laughs> here's here's a good point uh, about that. And like even Jonathan Taylor's situation, the, the, players, the players don't have much power, right? And for him to sit out, they'll just get the next guy in there. It doesn't matter how good you are, unless the outliers of like the Chris Jones. But even then, like, what did really Chris Jones get in his contract? Like he, 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 they just glossed it over just to get him in the building. Like when you get fined 20, 30 grand a day for being held out because they changed the CBA 2011, which I fought for. And I got told to get out because what, what I was fighting for, I guess was meaningless. I'm like, you guys are fighting over the wrong stuff here. Can we get like healthcare? Can we get like 
guaranteed healthcare for the rest of our careers, not just for guys that played three years or less, more, but the guys that aren't vested. How about we take care of those guys? And I was told to be quiet and, and, and be, and sit back. So that's the last time I went to those meetings. Yeah. So, I mean, the player, you're in such a tough position. Do you sit out and get fined that you had to pay back? Or do you just suck it up and go play and risk injury? I mean, that's that's the the position we're in every year that it is a year-to-year basis. I had to play four-year, my rookie year contract out before I hit free agency. I had to play five years out and then hit uh, the next free agency period. So I never was in these situations. It was, hey, I was four years. They don't want to offer me a new contract. I'm going to go prove them wrong. And, and you just hope that you get through a season, but you can't, you can't live in fear. You just got to go play. But these guys are getting put in these positions where they've earned a contract. But if the owners don't want to give you a new contract, there's nothing you can do about it. Sorry. That's real. I agree. I agree. Um, Smitty, we got a little Weddle's wisdom segment. We're going to get a graphic made. Um, I got to ask, I got to ask Eric to give us some wisdom on this uh, before he has his own. Justin Fields, Chicago Bears, Eric. Um, where are you at with that as far as – I just want you to drop some wisdom on the chat on what you see out of uh, Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears team right now. I thought they were going to be much better. It looks like they've digressed. Um, drop some wisdom on us about the Chicago Bears and then compare that to the Jordan Love era in Green Bay. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard to watch uh, – players in general struggle uh you know you look at these guys and you become fans of them like everything i've seen and heard from justin fields is like he's one of the all-time great kids like men you know does things he works hard he's super talented but what you're seeing on the field is you're just like he's getting beat up he's not making good decisions his foot his feet his progression like so what what is this leading to? It's leading to a career that's going to end shortly because it's not good and it's not and he's going to get injured. And uh, the reality of the NFL is you don't have time on your hands anymore. Like that, there is the days of grooming the position and and giving them time to to learn it and grow, especially at quarterback, is out the window. Uh, and you look at the Green Bay, who he sat for two, three years, and now is is playing pretty well outside of that botched QB sneak or whatever that was yesterday. Uh, yeah, was <laughs> you guys have a clip of that one? <laughs> everyone's like, clip, everyone's like, what are you talking about? Oh my gosh, never seen something like that before. But Which one was it? He like he thought the snap was coming, and then he went, <laughs> he ran through the line, and the he didn't have the ball. It was pretty comical, but you just hope. You just hope that I don't even honestly like who's who's coaching them in the Bears. Like, there's so many fake coaches, guys, that I don't even know how they're in the league. It's all about who you know. It's the good. It's the good boys club. Uh, but man, some of these guys, I, I literally throughout my career, there would be some guys that would get up in front of the meeting and talk about something offense, defense, special teams, and I would be in the middle of the meeting room. I say, stop talking. You don't even know what you're talking about. Like, just just get away, seriously, because it's disrespectful to get some of these no-name guys up there and talk in front of a group of men that are that are playing for their lives and playing this game to the highest level, and you get up there and trying to talk about turnovers like you had ever created a turnover before. Like, come on, man. Like, I want to hear from the head coach. 
I want to hear from the DC or the OC. That's it. And the special teams coordinator. And then we get break in our position groups. Then our coach can coach us up. But I don't want to hear from no analytics. I don't want to hear from these these guys that think they know the game. No, don't don't even entertain that idea. So it's let me ask you though, do you think there's a real and this is Weddle's wisdom? Make sure you guys pound that like, subscribe, become a member. If you think please break down the experience base part of this. Like there's no way that Jordan loves having success right now. They lost a tight one yesterday, but he threw another three touchdowns, six touchdowns through, through two weeks. Nobody thought Jordan Love would be this good. They probably thought. I think that LaFleur loves the freedom, the stress-less uh, atmosphere that, that Aaron Rodgers is not there, biting back at him for every play call that didn't work. I think he's seeing that with, with Jordan. Jordan's coachable. He's, like, young. He wants to learn. He's, like, going to do everything until he becomes the guy, right? Then you have to worry about that later. But – Right now, he looks like that. That's what it looks like is happening right now. I'm like, I'm like, damn, it looks like something's happening. But through osmosis, he got to learn from Aaron Rodgers for three or four, four years. And don't you see that being an issue with that Justin Fields did not have? Um, that yeah, that I, these guys didn't have. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. I think it's a fortunate situation that Jordan Love had that he had an all time great to learn under and he wasn't ready. Uh, how many guys had that situation? Steve Young comes to mind, learned under Joe Montana. I mean, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes for a year under Alex Smith. Like, if you're fortunate Marvin, enough. Marvin Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So, I mean, would that be the ideal situation for me? A hundred percent. Especially a young quarterback that has a lot of growing to do. I would I would want him to sit. But that's not reality. I mean, the re reality is you got to play these guys. You're, you're hey. If you're the head coach in the organization, you're on a you're on a one to three year basis at this point. And if you're not putting something on there to give the fans a belief that you're doing a good job as a head coach, you're gonna be fired. So it's a double edged sword for these young quarterbacks. Uh, now for other positions, I you you have to play them and you have to just live with the grow, growing pains of certain positions. But quarterback, it would be ideal to have them sit and learn the position, especially if they come from a system that they don't even know what they're doing. I mean, it's a rude awakening you come up to the to this league and you're trying to de de decipher what the defense is doing, pre-snap, post-snap, all the different things, the intangibles, the check with me's, the, the line, the shift. The, uh, the, you know, it's it's a lot. So it is. It's it's both. But 90 95% of the teams don't have an ideal situation that you can learn under a quarterback. If you're drafting a quarterback that high, it's because your team's you're terrible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly my point, man. Uh, I, hey, are, are the Cowboys the best team in football right now? Uh, I don't. I mean, they played two teams with who? Who they beat? The Giants. The Giants and then yeah. the Jets. No, no. Uh, yeah. Do I think they're really talented? Yes. Do I think uh, they have a chance any Sunday to beat any of the top teams? Yeah. Uh, but I don't. I don't. McCarthy, I, I don't think I'm not. <laughs> I'm not as uh, I don't know the man. Uh, he's had success, obviously, but I don't think he's uh, that as an offensive mind. That could be totally wrong, but I, I don't know. The Cowboys are always going to do Cowboy things in the right. playoffs, and until that changes, I love Dak. I know Dak in the sense of leadership, accountability. He owns it. 
he owns the situation, good, bad, or indifferent. It's on him. Like I respect those things as a player, man. I too often everyone likes to point the finger instead of just owning it or taking accountability and protecting your teammates. Like a lot of who I was as a as a leader was letting my teammates play free and and letting them go take chances. And if it didn't work out, I'll take the brunt of it, man. Like I can handle the media, I can handle the coaches. Like if something happens, it's on me and I'll get it figured out. So then the guys can play free and play fast. And you know, these guys come from from situations, whether it's at home or at school or or whatever case may be, where they have a hard time just playing free and trusting uh people, trusting your teammates and to break that barrier and let them know, like, I got you, man. I got you. No matter what, I'm not gonna turn my back on you. That was a huge thing for me with my teammates and I think Dak follows along right along with that in that instant. Now is he as talented as these other guys? No, but he's a warrior and and I would go to I would love to play with a guy like that, is what I'm saying. So Respect. do I think they're the best team? No. They're talented, they could beat anyone if they if they go play great. Who well, you got at one right now? Oh my gosh. Miami sure have been impressive so far. Uh Niners. Niners, man. Uh uh yeah Niners Niners look like the most complete team in a sense I didn't think Purdy played very well last week and over time I think there is some uh, relevance to what you've been saying about him Coach JB of teams are going to start seeing that and seeing what he does good and taking away what he does good is he talented enough to make those throws in crunch time without having your all-star team around you it, it does make a huge difference when you're on a team with all pros and you're on a team without them. So team at, at that position is a huge uh, onus uh, that quarterbacks have, have to understand. So they're definitely, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I think for the first half of the season, teams are going to start separating themselves. I mean, shoot, the bills look, looked apart last week and, and Allen came back when had an efficient day, got the ball out. I mean, the crazy part, and I know JB get frustrated and I do too, is seeing quarterbacks, you have the talent, you see it, and you see flashes. You just wish it was consistent, right? Like, you don't need to always run around. You don't need to always extend the play. There are plays that are designed to kill defenses if you just know where to go with the ball on time. And for me, defensively, that was always the hardest thing. That was the thing that you worried about most, that if the quarterback knows what you are in pre-snap, they know where the pressure is, they slide the protection, they check, check the play, and you're dead. And that only happens if you hit your back foot and the ball comes out. Man, nah, that's, that's real, man. Iweta, before you hop off, man, I got to ask you this, man. Just throughout your career, you know, people always say the safety is like the quarterback of the defense. I got to ask you, who was the toughest quarterback that you face week to week? You know what I'm saying? In terms of just like, all right, or each year, I know when I play against this guy, I got to be like 125% locked in because it's going to be a mental battle between myself and this quarterback. Who you say that guy is? Yeah. So, so yeah, uh, Peyton, Peyton was, was, uh, the funnest, the most challenging and made defenses evolve, right? Like I came in, we beat them in the playoffs. Oh, seven, Oh eight, uh, before they ended up winning their Super Bowl, And, we had to change the way we played defensively to counter uh, the audibles and the check with me's and the no huddles that he did. So we would go in the huddle with two calls. We would go into 
reload the blitz from a strong side to the weak side. Uh, and you're only able to do that with a veteran team that in a smart team. Right. And yeah. uh, so him, and then honestly, like I didn't, I was over against Tom in my career until we beat him in the playoffs. And the thing with Tom was, is he was just so methodical. He wasn't the Peyton where it was so much at the line of scrimmage check with me. He would just get up there and, and dice you up. Right. And, and just look at the defense. I know where the ball goes. Ball comes out. Boom, 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 boom. Touchdown. And then he gets these... called play. He don't care about changing so much. Exactly. Like he would maybe reload the front or re-ID the mic. But outside of that, you weren't seeing a bunch of audibles from him. He was just going to line up, figure it out, and go play. The only times, like I remember a Sunday night game, we were playing the Patriots at home, and we were up on them like 17-0. And they just, they just decided to go no huddle. And it was the speed, like turbo, no huddle, where there is no check with me. It's line up on the ball, next play, snap height. Line up on the next ball, snap height, like boom, boom, boom. They scored in like six plays, took them like a minute, and we were on, we, we couldn't even get a call out, let alone stop them. And then they never went back to it. And I'm like, thank goodness you never went back to it because we were in trouble, big trouble. So, hey, well, as a defensive player, that's like the worst feeling when, like, you're on your heel. They're going tempo. You're looking at the sideline, trying to get the call. Oh you're like all out of sorts. It, it's been moments where I've been on the field and I know they're about to score. Of oh, course, I'm not saying that, but you just know them. The way the momentum is going, you're like, man, we can't. Like, it's play three, but the way they're moving right now, they're about to get in. The end zone. <laughs> yes, like the all-time great quarterbacks, like, you know, the Drew Brees, the, the Ben Roethlisberger, the A-Rods, like when they get rolling – there's nothing you can do defensively. Seriously, like I've been in, just like you said, and I hear the call come in and I'm giving the call to defense and I'm lining up and like, he's on a heater right now that we just need to get to a quarter. We need to get a timeout. <laughs> we need to get to halftime because we are not stopping this dude. And that's what separates the great ones, man. It's it's tough sledding for sure. Hey, before we get out of here, what's your tonight? There's a doubleheader Monday night. Uh, always week two of Monday night. There's a doubleheader deal. 415, 515 here on the West Coast. All three of us are on the West. What uh who you got? Steelers, Browns. Um, I know I know the Steelers got uh bad, bad news last week. They're gonna lose Cam Hay uh Hayward. I think no. they lost him for about six to eight weeks. Um and then we got the the Browns defense is really really good. I'm curious to see if Deshaun Watson can continue uh, to get better. And and that's basically that's very good in the first game. Really so. good. I don't know if I'm a Pickett fan. Uh, I I don't know if he's the guy. But it's gonna be hard pressed for me to see a Tomlin team uh, kind of lay down two weeks in a row too. So I'm trying. I'm curious on that game. And then the Saints Panthers. Um, where you at with both of those games? Who you who you leaning towards? Yeah, I, I was super surprised week one the, the what I saw out of the Steelers. And I don't know if it's on the flip side of, uh, you know, who they play again. John Blank. Steelers played Niners week one. Yeah, so it's on the flip side. Is the, are the Niners really that much better than the Steelers? Hard for me to believe. How do you lay an egg in your home state? Home Stadium week one, that was that was hard for me to watch. And I'm the biggest Mike Tomlin fan, and he owned it. Uh, I, I don't think the Browns – there's zero chance the Browns lose this game. Pittsburgh is just I, – I, I don't – I don't. I think they're going to struggle this year. Uh, 
in all phases with their their leader, their best player, one of the best players on defense. Hayward being out and then Pickett. Uh, I'm not. I'm. I wasn't a big Pickett fan coming out. The, but the bottom line with these quarterbacks, like you, you can say it as much as you want, system wise, fee, all this other stuff. Like they can grow with that. You can't teach arm talent, and you can't. You can't just say, "Hey, this 18 yard bench route to the field." If you don't have the arm to do it, you're limited. And that's mm. there are guys that are limited in this league that good defenses will take advantage of. And in the big time games, they take all that stuff away. Right. So a thing with Pickett, like I didn't think he had a live arm watching him in college. So why do you take him in the first round if you know he's already limited? Like I, I don't understand the thought process behind these organizations that do that. But you know, I like the kid. He's tough, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I, I just don't – as a defensive player, I don't fear him. Like I'm like, all right, I know he can't yeah. throw outside the numbers, so let's pack the paint and, and see what he could do, which we're going to make plays. On the flip side, I think the Saints are going to win. The Panthers are going to end for a long season. Love Bryce Young. Love his demeanor. I mean, quick story, my son went to the same QB people up in Orange County, and, and he was there training with his receivers, and – he took like five, seven minutes, said what's up to me, and was so gracious and humble. And then he talked to my son for a good five minutes and was so nice. So just another thing for the listeners that when you when you get on these guys on the field, like he is a really amazing young man and you should root for him regardless of how he plays. So uh, but I, I don't I don't see the Saints losing this game. You know, but Frank Wright can put some game plan together. Like no one's denying that and make make the 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 those bad plays, minimal, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, I got the I got the Panthers and Browns tonight. Or or Saints. You said Saints and Browns, right? All right, Saints and Brown. Yes. Yep. Saints and yep. Brown. Got you. No doubt. And I think I agree with you as well, man. I agree. So, Weddle's wisdom, man. I like that, JB. I, I think we are gonna yeah get a graphic, man. Do something nice <laughs> with it, and uh, I think we can start posting some of this stuff on social and. I might make a little template with Weddle's wisdom at the bottom or something. I'm, I'm gonna think of something hey, crazy. You're already posting clips like crazy on Twitter. Shout out to Felipe behind the scenes, getting this thing going. Yeah. Edub, who you got this Friday? We got a buy, so much needed buy. Uh, we got a big one, Utah, UCLA. Got my Rose Bowl, Ooh. even though they lost it. But you know, I'm just trying to represent. Uh, hey, uh, Prime, Prime, Coach Prime, Colorado has to go. Maybe, maybe. Get humbled. We'll see Oregon this week. So or shock yeah. the world, or shock the world, or shock, shock the, world. the world. Hey, I, those boys are gonna play. I'm a little nervous about that defense, Colorado State. Uh, you know, carved up. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's, you're gonna have to outscore guys. And and I was a little like Shador through three quarters was a below average quarterback uh, throughout that game. But man, did he show some fight and some just will and some guts of putting the team on his back without the star player and, and just leading to victory. I mean, that was, that was cool. That was fun to watch. I, I just, you know, as an old school, I would just, the antics of all that other stuff, you know, would just rather just play the game, but man, you can't deny that was a cool moment to watch. Not, not, not front. that was awesome. Hell <laughs> as yeah. a fan. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, shit. Hey, man, beat the shit out of bye week. That's why I, <laughs> I, I took I took bye week so serious. My coaches were thought I was the biggest asshole. I'm like, man, yep. you go ahead and lose bye week if you want. Your ass will lose the next one. 
Um, bye week, man. No be doubt. Bye week. One and zero. One and zero, man. Let's be it. Let's be great. Great to see hey, you guys, man. Some e Dub Monday. Good appreciate you. Man. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. This week, uh, chopping up with you this week. I'm sure, and I'll, uh, I'll see you next week. You got it, guys. All right, peace. Peace. E Dub Mondays. Yeah. Uh, what is wisdom, baby? I got. I got. I'm rolling. I'm rolling Saints. I'm rolling. I'm rolling Browns. Even though I think the Steelers will show up. Uh, I just don't know if they have enough firepower. I'm rolling Saints, Browns. I think the Saints defense is going to be the issue that's going to cause them to win the game, not the other way around. I don't believe Derek Carr is going to just rip it up on offense. I just think that fucking the the, the Panthers O-line is bad and the D-line for the Saints and the defense for the Saints is good. I think the Saints carved them up. And... Uh, Two games on tonight, Big Smitty. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna be tuning in. I think we're all in agreement here on this one. No argument by me. I got the Saints. You know, what I'm saying I'm a little higher on Derek Carr than you are, and then uh, got the Browns as well. Like I said, until the Panthers show me something with their O line, I'm I, I just can't really I can't trust them. It's gonna be hard for me to really pick them. So we'll see though. I'm still gonna be excited to watch a double header. Might get some food or something. We'll figure it out. But. uh a good Monday, man. We had we had about 900 plus in this thing, man, at the peak. And uh, we appreciate everybody in the chat. You know, too short was there talking crazy, but thanks for tuning in, my brother. And uh, hey, that's hey, tomorrow's loaded. We got Steve Kim. We got Dr. Morris right out the gate. We're going to break down Dr. Jesse Morris. He's going to come down with the injuries. Saquon Barkley, is he really hurt or injured? Uh, Aaron Rodgers might, might be coming back by Aaron playoffs. Rodgers. Be back and Dr. Jesse Morris is going to break down the actual surgery and why he can come back and play. All the New York Jets fans and Greeny on ESPN are probably going to have a hard on. So don't miss that one. We're going to break it down tomorrow morning. Loaded show. Plus, Matt will join us and uh, we'll see if we could get into a debate some way where we fight and argue so we can ramp this thing up. I'm going to have to make up some shit. I'm just fuck. Colorado and Charlotte and fucking Dion. <laughs> uh, we're going to do something, man. Um, much love. Everybody pound the like. Prize picks tonight. Go check it out and uh, go get you some. Hey, other than that, we'll see you in about 21 hours. Uh, God willing. And uh, don't be a slapdick. <laughs> Peace. Missing. We switched it and filled the gap. Smitty and Jason Brown, we killed it, yeah, it's a wrap. We won the games we missed, so we switched it and filled the gap. You are now tuning out to the Coach Jacob.